Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. Sunscreen. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yeah, yeah, me. Good job, Amster. Uh, This week, we got a heavy hitter executive with 30 plus years in commercial real estate. He's vice president of the New England Territory Retail and Leasing and Acquisitions of the Carpio, I can't pronounce Carpionado Group. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tricky (laughs) one. And he serves on the board of, uh, I guess, all kinds of boards of the United Way United Way of Rhode Island, yeah. the Haven Collection, and yeah. I'm on the planning board in uh, Middletown, Rhode Island, That's and cool. the Conservation Commission. So wow. I'm doing my civic uh, putting your responsibilities, civic, civic service in. Yeah, That's awesome. But we want to hear all about the, the Haven Collection, which is the, the, the country's first fully licensed daycares to unlimited co-working and fitness to all family members. So it's, it's cool. kind of like helps... You know, keep the whole family like you know healthy and and productive, and it's family care, not child care. Family yeah. care, which is, I mean, us adults. What a concept! I know. 
So we're excited to sit down here with all the boards he sits on and uh, what, what it's like surfing all year round in Rhode Island. We welcome Joe. No Papa nickname. Joe. Papa Joe. <laughs> Papa Joe. So thrilled to be Pure, here with you guys. Purenick, right? Purenick. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah, I, and his son Holland. I butchered that, Purenick. <laughs> no worries. So a little bit of background. It definitely looks like a Swede. Yeah, what is Pyrrhic? No, no, it's, no, it's actually Dutch. Dutch? Okay. It's Von Pyrrhic. Hans Holland's middle name is Von. Did so you drop the Von, they, or do you still my, have it? My grandparents dropped, dropped it, it when they came to America. Are you bummed that they dropped the Von part? Yeah, well, that's why I... I Re- reintroduced it? Reintroduced it with yeah. his middle name. He's Holland Von Pyrrhic. Yeah. Dude, I like HVP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds very sophisticated, old school, and, and it has that, like, just... Nice ring to You it. know, when yeah. you're in Newport, Rhode Island, it's a little, you know, kind of snooty yeah. and you got to kind of... Yeah, a little but, uppity. Yeah. But that was common back in the days when, when, when uh, the migrants were coming from Europe. They A lot of them didn't... Um, Chop. Yeah. Well, they didn't spell the right. Like, 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 I'm Larson. They, they're a lot of Larsons with two S's. They just dropped it to one. Some didn't know if it was an E-N or O-N, you know, yeah. like you couldn't see. So, you know, dropping the font's kind of a bummer, but yeah. it happens. Oh, well. And then, like... Italians drop, or not Italians, but like Jewish people drop the Stein off their yeah. last names, right? Yeah. And some of the Germans drop whatever. Yeah. But how we yeah. met, a little background on, yeah. on how I met the Pyrrhics was um, Neon Wave. That's right. Frederick Rinaldi. Fred Rinaldi. Rinaldi. Yeah. And um, I had a chance to go out and visit Neon Wave, what, like almost three years ago now? I think it was maybe yeah, a yeah. couple of years Close. ago, pre pre COVID, yeah, two. Yeah. Little, yeah, a little over two years ago, and yeah, killer family from New England and diehard surfers, and started talking to him about like how long he'd been surfing and where he started, and started talking about all the him living in California and doing chart houses. I'm like, holy shit. What an interesting dude. Yeah. We got to have this motherfucker on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, 50, 52 years of, you know, uh, being in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, it's been a fun, fun ride so yeah. far. So let's, let's start the beginning, man. Where did it all begin with the love of surfing? You know, I was thinking about it. I, my, my dad took me to see the end of summer when it came out. I don't know if that was 65, 66, whenever it yeah. was. Yeah. The, but the full movie theater, like oh, full they, on yeah. screening, the Avon Cinema on Fair Street up on by Brown University, and I just was—I didn't know what stoked was at the time. How, being how old were you? When, maybe ten or eleven. Wow. Okay. And I was just like, I had you seen surfing yet? No, I, okay. I was like, I gotta do, I gotta do this. This looks so you had really never super seen surfing. Cool. No, no, until the movie. No, and then. Following the moves, uh, endless summer, my dad was a big outdoorsman and fishing and duck hunting and different things in New England, born and raised in New England. And uh, you guys I, are like gnarly dudes. I just remember being <laughs> being out fishing on these reefs because my dad would get in tight, you know, in the ocean, these big reefs, and and seeing these guys bobbing in the in the water. And I'm like, what? Those guys are surfing. I saw this on the movie. This is so cool. So you saw them surfing. So I saw these guys the surfing. Well, I'm fishing, and I'm like, I gotta learn how to do this. Were they Unfor- wearing wetsuits? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, you know, as, as I can recall. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I reached like how far off the coast and like little like like little pockets, little points, and you know, kind of yeah. like rock pile ish yeah. type things in Laguna, yeah. you know, setups. Okay. Um, and like then, and then you know, uh, my old man passed away suddenly, you know, oh. um, and a year later, my mom on my 13th birthday is like, You've been talking about this surfing thing, and so <laughs> she, you know got to get you aboard wow. and uh, took me down for my 13th birthday took me to the Jim Phillips shop so Jim Phillips is a legendary you know long board shaper yeah. they call him the genius the I think genius. he's in Florida now but he had a shop he's kind of New England centric back in the day mm-hmm. and walked me into the Phillips shop and just like pick out a board Wow. You know, and so it was right when long boards were transitioning to short boards. Of course, I knew nothing about surfing or surfboards. I want the coolest air spray. I went. I went. I went for the. I went for the one that was purple and orange, yes. acid splash, and it was happened to be like a seven foot pintail. Yeah, single fin pintail. Pointy nose or, or oh yeah, pointy nose the whole wow. nine yards, and I was like, that's the one I want. And, yeah, you know, nobody was telling me, hey dude, you should start. Oh yeah, you know, no, no, they're selling longer. <laughs> and so I walked out with that board, and and I was so excited. Took it home, put it in the garage. I didn't live at the beach. Put it in the garage. Got got like a cloth out. I'm like polishing it. It's got <laughs> fingerprints on it. Like can't have any. They gave me this stuff called wax. I'm like, why do I want to put wax on my board? It's going to mess it up. Yeah. That'll smudge it up. A couple of days later, I went for my first surf session. No wax? No wax on my board. Nobody, you know, my mom and my sisters takes me to the beach, East Matunic in Rhode Island, kind of a short break, slammer. I, I paddle out, slipping off the board, take my first wave, pearl, board comes flying back right into my right leg I got like 35 stitches shut fillet, the front door filleted my calf wide open first wave first time ever in the just water on a surfboard at 13 just crushed me come oh. out of the water all the different body parts are hanging out of my leg 
down to my ankle. My, I'm like, I'm like, ah, mom, I think I got a problem. And she's like, oh, straight to the ER. Oh the rest God. of the day getting what stitched a horrendous up. first experience. Getting stitched up, and the bummer was I had a paper route, so I couldn't. You know, my mom had to drive me around because I used to walk and ride my bike. She had to drive me around so I could chuck the papers in people's driveways. And that was my very, very first experience surfing. Kind of put me on the sidelines for a month or two until oh the stitches God. came so, out. So, going back to the day of none of your friends surfed, the guys in the shop. No, no, no. There were a couple of guys. Yeah. There was one guy who was down the street from me um, who's still one of my best friends. Yeah. A guy by the name of Ricky Moffat. Ricky was uh, surfing. He had a, I remember he had an old Gary Proper, you know, kind nice. of short, kind of yeah. hybrid, single fan. And... And so he kind of was encouraging me to, hey, you got to take up this sport too, because I'm learning how to surf. And we were, hockey, right we were around, hockey players. Yeah. You know, we didn't. Was he right around your age too? Yeah, he's one year older than me. Okay. So he, he and I, you know, we went to high school together, college together. So when you went to the surf shop, Jim Phillips. Yeah. Uh, they, the genius. They sold the, the genius. Board, the genius. They sold you the board, gave you some wax, but didn't say. This is what you need to do. No, this. no, no, no. Wax no, on, no. wax off. That kind of no. So then I kind of figured it out, no right? Much. I figured it out. But and when I used to go after you know my my incident, yeah, I would surf and then I'd come home and I'd take the wax off because I wanted mom, to look at the board. You know, did your like, mom so. say maybe this isn't for you, kid? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is too dangerous. Like maybe pick something else up. Was it summertime or, or uh, winter? Yeah, no, it was summer. My birthday's in you know first week in July, so okay. um, yeah. But uh, you know, for years, Lyndon, I'd be out surfing. You know. It, totally hooked on the sport yeah and I wouldn't catch any, I, had, I didn't have a whole lot of, I didn't have a whole lot of instruction I wouldn't your I first would, new fucking board your first time out first time first wave 30 plus stitches third yeah I've got the scar man. <laughs> oh and, man and, I mean I don't I, I don't assume, you know think that they had kid boards back then. You're 13. I mean, you know, no. some, there's some big 13 year olds, but I mean, you're not a man, you know. And what, most of the boards in the shop are for like it's a seven adults. something. Right? Yeah. But I didn't want the big law. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But know, just I wanted like, the pretty the short cool board. Yeah, small right? one you could get, which is still like a big board. Yeah. You know, because they don't. You know, there's no oh, kids, especially for a kid. Kid right? shaped you boards know. back then. So, so Moff, Ricky Moffat was your counterpart. And oh yeah, when you healed up, you, you got back on the board. You learned yeah, what wax was for. We'd surf together, and uh, you know, kind of learnt kind of uh, what was the local? What was the local like beach like? You, like so I was I was you know thir- this is thirteen fourteen, and you know I was all about you know the beach and surfing and just sandbar was our point. Like so, I I was a lifeguard. I started out. You know, I started guarding in the summer. So lifeguarding in New England is a lot different from California. Yeah. It's a seasonal yeah, employment, right? For and, sure. It yeah, is here not, for the most part. I mean, it, it dies down. But, but uh, yeah, I started out in a pool because I, you know, was 15, you know, got certified. And then I went from the pool. I went down to the place called Bonnet Shores Beach Club with all my kind of core group of buddies from, uh, we were in high school then, freshmen, sophomores in high school. Yeah. And so my first job was was newspaper boy. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That's paper route. Yeah, kids don't have that luxury anymore. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I, I was a paper make boy. a couple of yeah. couple of bucks, right? Yeah, and then uh, 
guarding in the summer and so just surfing as yeah. much as possible you know on lunch breaks and so so different things like that how did it take you long to figure out surfing yeah it did it, I, it did. probably took took a couple of years to really i many sessions linda and i'd be out there and i wouldn't catch any waves yeah. but i just loved going was and there a lot of surf don't feel bad this guy's still trying to figure it no? out over here. <laughs> shut your mouth on <laughs> so were you like was there other surfers like a lot of surfers or not, not? that many okay. actually yeah so you couldn't like look at people and watch and learn and uh, but you try to figure it out yeah and, you know some of the older guys would give you pointers and then it was just you know you kind of start at i don't know like the baby beach and kind of yeah. progress your yeah, way sure. up right yeah. you know until you figure out so there's a you know beach break and then at this particular beach club where i was a lifeguard there's the they call it bonnet chores and then there's bonnet point so the point would break on big swells and yeah. so you know you go out to the point that's kind of like now you're in the inner you're going from beginner you're intermediate to maybe yeah. more advanced and that, so i started to hone my skills out there so did you boogie board at all no, or like so, no, so no because no. like the art of surfing is wave knowledge right yeah. like you really you really have to know how to how the wave breaks and where to like sit and catch them right oh, yeah like that's one of the hardest things to teach somebody is like yeah. where the wave breaks here <laughs> it, it, i mean it is like the, the ocean awareness and, and and knowing you know you yeah. gotta be physically kind of fit to be able to catch it in the right spot yeah. you gotta be mentally aware of like what's going on but, but but all the mechanics of the wave yeah and like you see so many people when they're surfing they like the wave breaks and they try to stand up and you know where the wave hasn't broke or hasn't caught up to them or you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like there's so many intricate things that you kind of oh, have to for learn sure. for sure it, it was a long learning curve yeah you know again not having a whole lot of mentorship yeah and uh people to kind of show you the ropes but it was you know trial trial by fire and you didn't right? boogie board no, no. Hey, the mentorship back then was get out of my way you little punk <laughs> <laughs> It didn't sound like there's a lot of surfers, though. Yeah. Right. Well, it, you know, there was a handful, pretty, a pretty decent amount. Okay. You know, there were guys that we all looked up to. That yeah. you know, the Peter Pans of the world. Um, were they know, cool? Narragansett, and so were I they ended cool up. Cool guys, or were they? Yeah, kind of no, super cool guys. Crusty. Yeah, no, not no, crusty. Cool guys, a little bit older than yeah. than me, you yeah. know. But going from, you know, for me, my progression was, you know, again, lifeguarding and being an athlete, you know. Going from kind of the baby beach up to the town beach, which had bigger, bigger surf. Yeah. You know, more checks, bigger, bigger, <laughs> bigger opportunities, right? Yeah. And then, you know, just migrating from there, you know, figuring out, you know. So, yeah, I was on one side in Rhode Island, you've got the bay in the middle. So I was on the, on the west side of the bay surfing a bunch and then, you know, Newport has its own scene as well. So, you know, but I had a lot of friends from sports that yeah. lived in Newport. So we would go over the bridge and surf a bunch of breaks over there. So I would try to be super well-rounded, but yeah. just um, kind of trying to work your way up the pecking order yeah. in terms of, you know, going from the is. beach, the beach break, yeah. to the reef, to the point, to Point Judith, to Matunic, to all these you yeah. know legendary spots and right each spot has its like click of dudes or yeah david nueva said pods pods yeah. yeah he called you know the the different like surf spots having 
those groups being pods of dudes. So it's funny. So I'll be surfing. You know, here I am, fifty-two, three years later, right? Um, surfing, and I'll see a lot of the same guys in the water that used to give me grief. And I, <laughs> you know, work my way up, and and I think I'm pretty proficient um, at surfing. And then came to California for a number of years, and then now I'm back in New England, and arguably maybe one of the oldest guys in the lineup at any given time and yeah, 65, uh, yep. you know i don't know what level of respect comes comes from that <laughs> but you know you try to try well, to be uh we're, we're not going to super, go fast super, forward yet super cool yeah. about uh you know the waves you take yeah and, you know so going back that first board you did you give that board a, uh were you writing that board for a long time no, it's funny. Um, I wrote it for a few years, and then a guy that I got to be friendly with through surfing, a guy by the name of Cal Farley, who was friends with, with all of us, he, um, he actually started a little surf shop. I think it was called Simply Plastic or something like that. He also was making these Lexan, you know, Lexan, you know, kind of like the plexiglass I use for, you know, ice skating rinks you see a lot of Lexan now with all the oh, COVID yeah. right but he was making these Lexan boards and you know they were coming out with all the new Cadillac surf wheels and trucks and stuff this Crazy. is when uh, skateboarding really kind of made a quantum leap with you know urethane, urethane and different things things like that yeah so um he started a surf shop and I was friend surfing kind of in the same pod with him and some other guys and um so he opened this, this store, and we used to get boards. Um, we used to go down to Long Island and get boards from Charlie Bunger, uh, Bunger, Bunger Surfboards yeah. out of Long Island, down yeah. in, I think, Lido Beach or something. And I just remember having a t All I wanted was a T-shirt, because his, his tagline was, Bungers are bitchin'. Right? <laughs> that's all I wanted was a Bunger T-shirt. But I used to make the run down there and pick up boards to bring back to the shop with this guy, get paid a little money for doing that. So and, did you uh, work at the shop? Uh, not really. No, yeah. no, no. Because I was I was busy doing other things. But my next board was a swallowtail bunger. Uh, Still again, single, single fan. Yeah. Single fan. And, um, and what what year is this? This is like in the I don't know early to mid seventies, perhaps. Okay. You know, like seventy two. You know, three, four, something like that. Mm-hmm. You remember what like board yeah. what a board cost back then? Like. Ah, maybe yeah. 150 bucks or yeah. something. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but I this guy that. dialed me in too because we were like, you know, we were like wetsuits, right? Oh, what yeah. Are we, what are we doing for wetsuits? Because oh, I want to surf all year long. So he had a line with O'Neill, um, carried some O'Neill products, and I just remember getting my first super O'Neill super suit because we were surfing. You know, winter New England. It's yeah. freaking cold, oh, right? I can imagine. And that had the blow up tube on the super suits. It had this tube that came out and you could blow hot air into it. I guess maybe it was a survival thing or something like that. But it being so stoked, tube? it came with a, a, a mouth to piece. heat your body up. I don't know if it was to inflate your suit a little <laughs> bit. It was a big set or something like that, or to blow hot air in it, but it did. You can look it up. O'Neill yeah. Supersuits back in the day had a, a uh, inflator apparatus. Wow. Super, that isn't, that's it was really cool. Yeah. Um, we, but, we gotta like, New England surfers are hardcore, hardcore <laughs> way more dedicated than us West Coast 
Well, I mean, you get up north and it it, it gets cold, but like you yeah. guys have to deal with like. But I've read well, we, yeah, we, yeah, where you guys like Vaseline or like wool. thermals Thermal. underneath wetsuits, and then you'd Vaseline up, right? Lyndon, I went to college in a, a, outside of Boston. And I was like, there's got to be some waves around here. <laughs> Somebody said, you got to go up to New Hampshire. And I was like, let's go. So I went up to Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, and that was like nirvana for me. Really? Point setups, beach breaks. It still is today. It's yeah. killer. Yeah. I mean, the surf up there is insanely and good. You're from Rhode Island. I'm from Rhode Island, so I'm, I'm, but I'm going to school now. College up outside of an hour outside of Boston. Before we start, you didn't. There wasn't no amateur surfing for you. Like no no contest, none of that kind of stuff. No, I was a I was very competitive. um, Lifeguards, you know, in lifeguard with lifeguard too. So you know, my summer activities was like paddleboard racing, dory racing. You You were doing all all kinds of water associated things. But no, I was a hockey player through uh, through uh, high school and college. Mm. Um, and then you know that sort of thing. But yeah. When I when I went away to school, you know, I actually had a scholarship to play hockey. Okay. And um, once I discovered Hampton Beach, I was like, <laughs> "This is for the this, uh, this, surfing to this stuff is for the birds." I ended up ditching hockey, I quitting went. quitting hockey, and then and then I I hung out and continued on with varsity tennis and then finally I was like I just can't I can't get myself back for tennis practice when the waves are going off and yeah. that just didn't fly with the coach how many times this happens where we hear people's paths is like yeah I had this all laid out yeah. scholarship this job this whatever and then surfing this just sidelined you full well anyways I got, I got really distracted but the point being driving up to surf Hampton New Hampshire yeah. in the middle of the winter. I had a sports I had a two seater Triumph sports car. <laughs> and you know, not what you not, the best, not the best surf vehicle. Convertible had, or was it No, like no, a, I had a hard top. Okay. I had Aloha Bay surf racks on top. Yeah. But you know, a two seater, you pull in and you're like changing in a blizzard to go surf, right? Mm. And it's you know, you twenty degrees. But my roommate had a dry suit. And Kevin used to think, you know, he would wear an aqualids, you know, these like nylon, looks like a water polo cap, but that was, that would be his, his setup for uh, keeping his head head warm. And he had a dry suit, so he'd have on, you know, thermals and sweatpants and stuff underneath that. I had my own eel super. I don't understand how. I'd have my own eel super suit on. The dry suit was cool. How does God forbid if you got like, you know, you're. Crawling over barnacle encrusted rocks and points in New yeah. England, you get one little pinhole in that thing, you're screwed. Yeah, you're Sinking. done. You're done. No, cold. Oh, cold. Wet and cold. Mm. Doesn't have the same thermal capabilities as a dry suit. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's so crazy. But throughout junior high, high school, you you surfed and progressed as much as I could. Yeah. yeah. And then this guy that had the up, surf shop. Yeah. Opened yeah. Up the surf and that shop. just kind of opened my eyes and you know kept surfing and surfing as much as possible and getting different boards from Cal and did you, wet did upgrading you go, my wetsuits and just you know I, it was a really good conduit for me to get dialed in yeah and was a surf selection like clothes like hang tan and OP like you know we're, we're oh, yeah. getting lightning bolt and all the cool brands and oh, everything totally yeah. so totally. this guy kind of had a legit 
business. Yeah, guy. no, he did, and you know, and then I don't know. It was he was kind of bouncing around doing a bunch of different things, and and then you know, I got to be friendly with the guys that had the big surf shop back in Rhode Island in the day. It was called the Watershed Peter Pan's Shop. Mm-hmm. And got to be friendly with those guys. Cool. Yeah, I was one of their better customers. Um, yeah. And just buying as much as I could from those guys, you know, yeah. constantly going that, in there. Did you get to go on any surf trips? Um, a surf trip for me, Lennon, back in those days was going to New Hampshire or going to Cape Cod, you know, and surfing, you know, that was that was a surf trip yeah. for me. Yeah, I mean, I went to Florida as a kid, you know, my mom took us down there after my dad passed, and, you know, I was riding like a foamy, you know, like, just inflatable mat, like, thinking I was a surfer, but this is before I got a board, you know, but I was, I've always been stoked on the water. No West Coast trips yet, or? No, I'd never been to California until, you know, later, later in the days. Um, So what'd you go to college for? Why? No, no what, what? Like major what when you were, your yeah. interests? Just because everyone went to college. Yeah, I had no, was, you know, it's like you graduate from high school, went to an all-boys academy, you know, and you went played ice hockey, was recruited, went up to uh, Mer- Merrimack College on a little scholarship to play hockey, and, you know, that was what everyone did, right? Just yeah. your continuation yeah, in education. Yeah, four more years in my education. Yeah. So um, it was it was great. I, yeah. I, myself and my roommate from Newport, we were the only guys that would come into the dining hall in wetsuits after surfing <laughs> New Hampshire. Everyone was like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Absolutely insane. That gave us some clout, though? At the there was maybe one guy from New Jersey yeah. who used to surf that went to the school. But that was it. I mean, nobody surfed at all. Wow. At, what, in my what college. college. Did you go to Boston? No, it was called Merrimack College. A little oh. private um, liberal arts college outside Boston. Yeah. Yeah, so I went there four years and then started, you know, friends of mine were making trips to Hatteras. So probably my first legit surf trip was a trip to Hatteras. Nice. And a funny funny story with that guy who who had the surf shop. You know, he got married and coming out of high school. His girlfriend got pregnant. Um, She was a friend of ours and um, he married her. But he never never really went anywhere, right? He was kind of doing these jobs, opening surf shops and stuff. So we finally talked to the guy and go, let's go do a surf trip to Hatteras. So we do like one of our first trips down to Hatteras and drive, drive coast, like drive down yeah. to Hatteras. It's, I don't know, it's like a 14, yeah. 16 hour drive Far. from Rhode Island. It's yeah. a pretty good hike, right? So we go down there and he's missing his wife. This is before cell phones, right? And he's got a young kid, baby. And, um, you know, we go down there and there's no surf line. You just go, yeah. right? You know, yeah. swells coming or not. You're going right? out no matter how bad. So we're down there and it's just raining, windy, you know, drizzly, just nasty. And we're camping. You know, you camp at Buxton, you know, like a national seashore campground. You just pull up cement picnic table and there's a platform. You throw your tent and there's a little barbecue and that's what you do. And this guy was miserable. Miserable. I wake up one. I wake. I wake up one morning. Myself and my guy that from Newport that I ended up going to college with. We wake up, and he left. He took his Volkswagen van and he left. He went home. What we wake. Did? We wake up down in. We wake up down in Cape Hatteras, and we're 
we're just been ditched, right? <laughs> That's insane. So I'm like, whatever. And we ended up befriending a bunch of people that had other surfers and other campsites, you know, kind of walking over, kind of explaining the situation. Like, oh, man, that sucks. You poor guys. So we ended up making a bunch of friends with yeah. uh, different people down there. And they take us, give us a ride up to, you know, Rodanth or down to, there's down in Hatteras. You can surf uh, down, in, I think they call it Frisco Pier around the Cape depending on the wind and the swell and we got you know after Cal left we got some really really fun waves but then it was always like how are we going to get home yeah you know back to New Cal yeah, yeah you're not that's a road you're not thumbing it that's like you're freaking and there was some thumbing it to as far well, as well we, we pretty much kind of did we were that's thumbing like, when we were down uh, on the outer so banks but we met there were some girls that were a couple of couple of uh, campsites away, and we kind of befriended them when it was getting time to leave. Did. Yeah, of you course did. we did. <laughs> and they ended up giving the apple us, doesn't fall far from the tree, right, Holland? They <laughs> gave us a ride all the way home, which was great, you know. And there was one cute one and one not so cute one. So we were always kind of like rock paper scissors to see who was going to get to ride in the cab because it was it was a little pickup truck, you know. I don't can't recall what what brand it was. But two in front, and then two, then two in the back, in the in the back in the bed. Yeah. No camper top or anything like yeah. that. A 15, 16 hour ride home, and I remember it was uh, it was Easter time because I want to get home, you know, because for Easter, right? Because yeah. my family and relatives and different things. And I remember getting. They drove us. They were, the girls went to the uh, Rhode Island School of Design, RISD, in Providence. So they gave us a ride, dropped us off at home, and I just remember walking in on Easter. My mom's just looking at me, just shaking her head. She's like, where, where the, what have you been doing? I was like, it's a long story. But you made it home. But that was like, that was one of my first really major, you know, in Cape Hatteras, and then became kind How of this go, go-to for? trip for us, you know? How long were you guys gone for? Ah, maybe four or five days. Okay. But I ended up doing a bunch of trips down there that were like weeks on end. You yeah. know, we finally got it dialed in. And yeah, you see the setup. And, you Cape know, Hatteras was a, you know. It's a zone. It's a I mean, when I graduated from college, you know, they have like senior week and everything. I just, the, the day I took my last exam as a senior, I, I was in the car that at midnight that night, just straight down to Hatteras for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I came back to pick up my diploma. Warmer. <laughs> Always waves, warmer, and good like waves, super surfing, super like, fun down yeah. there. You know, just yeah. great, great, great time. Yeah. But uh, outer bank style or not outer banks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. cool. So I've, between, I've gone you know, to outer banks before. It's so weird, like because it's basically like man-made strips of land, so of just sand. Yeah, and then you have right, like you have these like marsh, like. You gotta, you gotta love beach breaks if you're going to the Outer Banks. Oh, it's all oh. sand, sandbars. Yeah. yeah, man, you get the right combo, and it's yeah, it's, it's yeah. good, it's fun. Although I'm I'm spoiled where we live, Newport, and uh, you guys, you guys have New England for point breaks Ooh. and reefs, which but, but really proper, but drastic yeah. tides. So it's probably very you know like the further north you go, the hot the the higher the swing between high and low tides. Yeah, and it but just, that drastically changes spots like... It shut it down. Like that. I mean, it completely shut it down. Yeah. Really tide dependent. Wait, here comes the swell. Wait, the swell's gone. Wait, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, do you guys... Has it gotten more crowded these days? Wow, it's insane. Yeah. COVID has just... Yeah, so... 
it's, like California, like everywhere, yeah. I think. You know, people are, are gravitating to the outdoors, to the beach, you know, can't get boards, can't get wetsuits, yeah. supply chains are all disrupted. Definitely a lot more crowded. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're just, Holland and I are so fortunate, you know, and where we live, we live on a point. We have beaches on either side, and we actually walk to the reef at the end of the street to surf wow. from the house. That's legit. So yeah. I don't know. You know, I always Swirl. say to people, you know, what defines being a local? Yeah. When I am in the water and I know I'm the only guy that's walked there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's for Stick sure. Stick claim. Stick yeah. claim. That's for sure. But big, uh, big bucks. It's gotten crowded with yeah. the, the conditions. And um, we've, we've done a lot of, we do a fair amount of uh, surfing out of the boat. So out of reach. our setup is, you know, we boat close by sitting on a mooring and we've done three trips I think this summer on the boat already just you know we pull up with a couple of guys to a couple of points that are 15 20 minutes away by boat yeah and uh, drive it's like an hour and a half or like pretty yeah because yeah. you got to go around the bay and, and through different the things like and that and, and then public access you night know night. in the uh, era of uh, high-end real estate is a little little touch and go yeah I've got some Situations in Rhode Island where they're trying, wealthy homeowners from out of state are trying to restrict coastal access, and it's become. Is it Zuckerberg? <laughs> become they've become tried very that. contentious, yeah. and they're uh, trying that in California too. So you know, up and down but when coast. you pull in, you pull in in the center console and throw the hook over. Yeah. It's like game on. Yeah, you know, game on. And there's nothing better than surfing out of a boat. Yeah, you know, oh, in my just, opinion. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, the California is like, you know, outside of Laguna and, and, you know, some of the reefs, you know, up and down the coast, it's, you know, pretty pristine, but we live in Huntington, Newport, and it's, you know, just sandbar and the water's murky, but, you know, you hop on a boat and go out to Catalina or the Channel Islands or anywhere, and it's like a whole nother world. Yeah. You're like, wow, this is just so close, but yet it's... And my first boat trip, it reminded me, because we've been surfing down at Trestles the last three days. My first boat trip ever to surf was with a guy, Dennis Green, who was one of the managers at Dana Point Shard House with me. Dennis had an inflatable and there was a big like southern hemisphere swell. Yeah. Dennis was like, we're going to Trestles, we're taking the boat down there. I'm like, cool, that's awesome. Fired it up in Dana Point Harbor, blasted down yeah. past San Clemente, pulled up, I think it was either upper or lowers, I can't remember. And uh, jumped in, paddled in, and then I was like, holy smokes, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, so so go back to New England. Um, a- after you graduated college, you went to Chart House. Is that how you? I started working Chart House when I was in college, mm-hmm. and because um, everybody from the beach, you know, all the lifeguard buddies of mine, everyone worked Chart House at night. We're yeah. all surfers, right? Watermen, and um, everyone's like, "Dude, you got to get a job." chart house and I was like I walk you'd go in there and there'd be like you know pictures of Phil Edwards and you know Skip Fry and all yeah. these like classic you know coho pictures and different things yeah some some original art can Oster art stuff that's yeah. just like epically expensive now to buy yeah. but just original and stuff. for for listeners that are younger than us that don't know what the chart house is like chart house was really nice restaurant bars that were started by surfers and surfers skiers. and skiers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Joey the whole Kane, Joey Cabell, 
I don't know who the other guys are, but yeah, the the, the very first one was in Aspen, right? right? And then Dana Point. No, Aspen, then Newport Coast Coast Highway, Newport Beach, okay, little little one there, and then uh, yeah, and then all across, and, and even Hawaii, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Joey Cabell still has the chart house. Um, friends of mine went over there for like the fiftieth anniversary a few wow. years ago. A, guy, a good friend of mine had a Phil Edwards model board shaped just for Joey's fiftieth anniversary and took it over to Hawaii. That's they had a contest, but then it got kind of postponed because some huge hurricane swell was hitting when they were over there. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so. So, so you were lifeguard? So, all, yeah, all my buddies were at Chart House, and, um, yeah. you know, you'd be guarding until 5 o'clock at night. Chart House didn't, it was only open for dinner, right? So, you know, you'd get in there at, like, 4, 4.30, get set up. So you'd be on the beach all day, you know, just surfing and hanging out, catching bag and rays, and then... You know, I'd wear a wetsuit or, you know, trunks, pull into the uh, the restaurant, quickly change into shorts and Aloha shirt, yeah. go to work, right? Yeah. All my friends would show up for, di- you know, for dinner or drinks afterwards. Yeah, and if you're going to have, like, a surf-inspired or, you know, like a, you know, like a lifestyle experience, experience like, you got to have the right staff, yeah. you know, to yeah. kind of fit... Fit, fit the, the mold there. And they're all the same, right? Like yeah. The, the, no, the, you, the, the theory was you could walk into Aspen, you could walk into Dana Point, you could walk into, I don't know, Mammoth, you know, they yeah. had a chart house of Mammoth, and you could order the baseball teriyaki steak, and it would be the same exact cut, consistency, the same mud pie, yeah. everything would be the same. Yeah. And that was kind of... Same salad bar setup. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Kind of the same vibe. Everyone, you know, and it was just, you know, I'm still friends with so many of the people that um, I worked at Chart House with because yeah. we all were, we, were, we all had the same interests and yeah. that was surfing and being outdoors and being at the beach and so what were you amazing we didn't have you, many sorry to interrupt but we didn't have many friends that i knew at the newport location but i had a bunch at in hawaii Hollywood, yeah, you yeah. know like oh a lot of like everybody yeah was like that again they they had the not the best locations too yeah and that, that's uh, what the they one was like right there on the water yeah overlooking the ocean yeah uh the one in dana point that, the one in Dana Point is like the sickest mid-century. When I, when I came from New England, I'd yeah. never been to California. They told me when to report to Dana Point to get that restaurant was under construction. Yeah. Yeah. To get that restaurant open. Yeah. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I mean, I pulled up and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, you're looking down to La Jolla yeah. on a clear day. Tons of, tons of windows, killer beams, big yeah. deep booths, like really like you know, rust, not rustic, but it was clean and modern. It was, all, you know, it was yeah. built into, into you know, right on Cliff Drive there. It yeah. was built, or Cove Road comes up from the harbor. Yeah. Oh, and it was yeah. just insane, you know. They got the nice green belt, like, in front. The quiet cannon yeah. off to the left. I think John Creed still might have an interest in that. Wow. But, you know. So, Chart so, House was run by all these, yeah, and again, senior management at Chart House. If you were a surfer, if you were an athlete, these guys were all ex-Navy SEALs, you know, in the best wow. shape. So I got to be friends with John Creed, who ran Chart House back, hmm. back in those days. And, you know, so John- before we jump into the, the Chart House story 
because we want to definitely talk about that. What did you go to school for? Uh, I ended up getting a degree in um, secondary education and with an emphasis in American studies. So it was kind of like this potpourri of, <laughs> of, of different disciplines, English, history, philosophy. They call you? it American studies. And then I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing when I graduate? And somebody said, oh, teacher. you should be a teacher. Yeah. And so I was like, that's super cool. Yeah, I'll get a teaching great, degree. Great. So then I, I kind of morphed my major and did that. And again, so, so it that's was, what you went, you were going to go to school for is to become a teacher. Yeah. That's yeah. the way it was going to play out. Yeah, but, you know, and then I, I would do some, some gigs when I, first, when I first got out of college before I came to California. I'd be living with my buddy Ricky Moffat in his parents' condo on the sand in Narragansett at the beach. I'd wake up and I'd look out the window like what kind of day it's going to be depending on how good the surf was. <laughs> you open the sliding door and it's sand, right? The sliders, sand. And um, so I got on the list for a substitute teaching gig at the high school and, um, you know, but I would make more, more money in one night Working at, at the chart house, yeah. then I would, you know, substitute teaching for a week. Right? Yeah, and you'd have to work during the day so you could, surf. you know. Yeah, and if the surf was flat and they call, bring me, bring me up, I'd yeah. go in. If it was no good, I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't answer the phone. Yeah, you know, sorry, I'm not available. The landline, uh, I leave a message. Yep, exactly. So <laughs> that was uh, just kind of a cool. Again, it yeah. was all for me. It was all about trying to maximize the time I could yeah. be in the water. It's funny how life works out, you know, when you when you think you're going this way and then, you know, right in front of your eyes, you don't even know it, but that totally takes hold of what you want to do or what you're going to do. Well, right? just, yeah, like exactly. You, you mentioned, you know, hey, I'm making great money at the char house, but the relationships that it opened up to, you know, you wouldn't have those same relationships being a teacher, you know, like, yeah, that opened up other doors. You know, but being a teacher is a great profession. It's a great profession. You know? oh, whatever. No, but, you, but the I, lifestyle you were seeking, yeah, you know, or wanting to be a part of was not that. Well, who knew? Who knew that the chart house would be the lifestyle? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Lyndon, the like, first day I walked in the door, I, I remember I was sixteen, and I took a girl on a girl on my like a first dinner date, and yeah. I walked in there. I just remember the bluefish dinner was three dollars and seventy-five cents or something like that. I was, but when I walked in there. I was like, I felt like I was made for that restaurant. Yeah, like this is this is me personified, right? Yeah, yeah. At surfing 16. and yeah, I just yeah. knew, and I was like, you're, I you're looking at the waiters, I, and bartenders. You're like, oh, the guys I see in the water, yeah, you know, and guys that were guards at the beach, yeah, you know, we very competitive you know racing and you know our state championship lifeguard races and different things and yeah we competed you know as in narragansett we'd be competing against newport and squamica and all these guys but i knew it was a great camaraderie and then all of us got to be like they formed like an all-star team and then we used to travel you know new jersey long island and compete you know up and down the east coast against against lifeguards. other lifeguard yeah. groups from jones beach or you know sandy yeah. hook new jersey or something like yeah. that and that was really really fun uh but again it was all that same so waterman ethic right how, everybody how was you when you first started working dialed at the into that. 
Um, I was in college. I don't know, like nineteen or okay. something like that. You know. So a couple Finally years got, after got hired in. Yeah. yeah, a couple years after your yeah. ter- first yeah. date there. Yeah. No. It was, uh, was, was there like a, a job interview process, or was this like? They, yeah, they, no, they, there they was, you, just there was an interview process, oh, wow. and you know everybody was, uh, you know, pretty pretty uh, stoked that already, you come come yeah. walking in. It's like, hey, Joe, Joe, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Where? When do I start? Like, you know, serving dinners. They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you were in the salad bar. No, they're like, dude, you're in the you're washing dishes. Oh, and I was like, it. seriously? I'm like, no, no, I don't, I don't wash dishes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm a but, fucking lifeguard. No, they would start, and and all the guy, all the friends of mine that were waiters and waitresses and different things. You know, they're just like. Dude, this is where you start. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, and you're a dish dog, right? Yeah. They don't call it dish dog. For, they call it for that for a reason, yeah. right? You're the last That's exactly man. what you're the last man in there. You're the last dish man dog. there, right? Yeah. You know, and um, but it was a great experience because it was humbling, yeah, and sure. you know, you learn from the you they you learn from the ground up, right? Yeah. Because you, you do dish dogs and then you maybe bust. Then I, I went from dish dog. I went to salad like bar. salad bar and then I then I went to bus boy, and then there was an opening upstairs at the bar. Our bar was upstairs, and guys are like, you know, waiters were. It was very competitive. Oh, a lot of sure. seniority and different yeah. things like that. But a guy that an older guy who was a school teacher pulled me aside and said I could really use another bartender and he, this guy Don McCarthy he's like I'll train you and Don was like Don was the man Mike mixing he was drinks and everything oh yeah he was like and you said 18 was he was, the, age, he was so. the best drinking age was 18 I was like alright and he's like bar back for me for a few a few weeks I'll teach you how to do it and then and then it was clear sailing from there. What was like the common drinks? Like, because now oh, you go no, to it restaurants and it's like pina colada, gin and tonics, you know. If you like martinis, now mixologists are called now because there's like, you know, yeah. 15 years. You know, martini yeah. basically is you chill gin and pour it into a strain and pour it into a glass. It's like, how easy yeah. is that? You know? He makes the yeah. best one. Yeah, with a screwdriver and a Mai Tai and a pina colada. Yeah. But it was the, the, the vibe, of, you know, oh, as, sure. as a bartender for me was, was so, you know, so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, a lot of times I'd get, I'd show up a little late, you know, I'd be surfing and it's like one more wave, one more wave and I'm be like, oh, I gotta get to work. Yeah. Go over the bridges, you know, and in, in Rhode Island, go over a couple of bridges, go flying into the restaurant in a wetsuit, change quickly and back in those days, we opened the door at 5 o'clock, at 4.30 there'd be a line down the wharf to get in. Damn. I'd be looking from the bar, looking down and going, oh shit. I am screwed because that restaurant would fill up and everyone would come upstairs to the bar and it'd be just, you'd just go till 10 o'clock straight, 5 to 10, just jamming. And that was the best job in the world, right? Like, Lyndon, I would close, you know, we're not a big drinking establishment, right? Food primarily. But we'd close the restaurant down at 12.30, 1 o'clock at night, you know, all the staff would come up, sit around the bar, have a few, and um, I, I didn't want to. I was living, you know, maybe 25, 30 minutes away, and I would, I, you know, 
incredible sound system, <laughs> all these leather sofas and different things. I'd close up the restaurant, dish guys would go home, I'd crank the tunes. I had a pillow and a blanket in the liquor room, in the storage room, and I'd just pull that thing out. I'd wake up in the morning, the guys would be cleaning crew would be in there and the prep guys prepping the food and they'd be vacuuming and cleaning up and I'd be asleep on the couch but I'd I'd go all night yeah <laughs> late all night over here I like it late night Joe <laughs> late night Pyrrhic and a lot and a lot of my uh, a lot of the cocktail waitresses now are married to friends of mine and you know, earmuffs earmuffs <laughs> you know? how how was the food perks Oh, it's great. Everything is great. That was me. I'm an eater. I'm like, whoa, you got what? Salad bar? Hey, leftover steak? Oh, what do you got over there? Well, uh, when you're in the di- when you're washing dishes, you know, yeah. you could be selective back in those days. <laughs> hey, somebody didn't eat half of that steak. It's clean. Go for it. So, you know? so, um, oh, I love it. So it became your career. It did. You know, <clears throat> was um, very. Um, unanticipated for me uh, when I was asked to migrate from Newport, Rhode Island to Dana Point, California to open that restaurant. I was... I, so I you, just you opened wait. Dana Point with Yeah. That. Yeah. I came to Dana Point. Restaurant was still under construction. Um, remember going around to all the... We hired a lot of... You know, we're looking for like young, athletic college kids. I remember going to Saddleback and UC, UCI. So you guys were screwed With... Employment posters and sticking them up with tape on the campus. To All get you had to do is come in, in. <laughs> and uh, you know, interviewing and hiring staff and different things like that. And, and you hadn't lived out here before, right? Lyndon, when I left Rhode Island to come to California, I had ne- obviously I'd never been to California. I, l- I had a Honda Accord. I had a fill. I had a. I was riding Bonzers back in those days when I. Migrated. Uh, that's a funny story about Chart House with the Campbell brothers showing up. No way. And um, I, uh, I drove straight from Newport straight to Oceanside with uh, two boards on top of a Honda Accord. <laughs> one, one, my long board, my short board. Chart House had a uh, like a manager's apartment that they rented right just uh, south of uh, the, the pier in Oceanside. And uh, I drove s- straight there. So it's, it's kind of cool how, you know, set up you were, right? Like, it, Chart House is such a good business, but it's, it's like, at that age, a young man's dream job, right? Oh, yeah. With the money and the hours and all the perks, right? And then... These guys say, hey, we're going to open up in Dana Point. Have you move out there? You get yourself out there, but you have your own apartment. Like they, Do you yeah. have to pay for this apartment? I think it was pretty cheap. I think, uh, yeah, I think there was a, you know, I, don't, I can't remember what it was, but yeah. it wasn't very But you didn't expensive. have to worry about finding a place. But there was another guy who was kind of the head prep guy who was the, the guy who taught me how to bartend. His younger brother was kind of the, the prep guy manager guy Mm -hmm. so Billy came out from Newport ahead of me and so he was living in the apartment and I came out and a bunch of bunch of East Coast we had guys that came from Newport uh, from Virginia Beach and um, everyone kind of coalesced in Dana Point and it was a pretty groovy place to be did they tell you like hey this is gonna be like you're gonna whatever you're making 
Newport, you're going to be making a lot no, more or anything. We really had that know. kind of discussion. Yeah. But uh, for me, it was just, I told you Experience. guys, that, you know, I was, I had a Phil Edwards model, Hobie, and it said Dana Point on the, on the sticker, on the, on the deck of the board. And, you know, I used to just wait for those surfer magazines to come and they were they came from Dana Point, right? Yeah. And I was just when they said you're going, you're you going to go to Dana Point. I was like, I that's probably like heaven, yeah. right? I'm going to heaven. Yeah. And, and I, I figured you guys were obviously crushing it there because why wouldn't they bring the Newport Beach? You know, if they had a, an establishment right yeah. here, why wouldn't they just kind of like train some of the guys down the coast? So my manager in Newport, Rhode Island was from Redondo, a guy by the name of Mark Beckett. Okay. And, you know, managers would come in, they'd get transferred all over. Charthouse was going uh, through this rapid expansion. So Mark, you know, came to Newport. I think he liked it okay, but he was a California guy. Yeah. And so when they said, you know, he put in when to go back to Dana Point and Mark you know, God bless him, man. He came up to me and said, hey, I like how you work. You yeah. know, you're good and everyone like, you know, I'd like you to come to Dana Point and be my bar manager. Okay, and so that's, like, how, that's how yes. it was. Yeah. Um, Were you a bar manager in Rhode Island? No, I was just bartender. So mm. I, all of a sudden, you know, I got like a promotion. Yeah. You know, came to get to hire people, cocktail train, set the bar, you know, I set the bar up, yeah. how I wanted it set up, pretty much. How many years were you working there already? Oh, it was only a couple couple of years. It was yeah. like maybe 18 months, maybe not even two years. And um, it was just, and a, it's it was seasonal, just a great right? opportunity. In Rhode Island, it was seasonal. It was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like for two or sure. three months of like... It was insanity in the yeah. summer. Winters were slow. You yeah. know, that first year I got out of college, man, I, it was... So what were all 12, 12 bucks in tips at night, you know? Yeah. Oof. So from the same old fisherman that come up to the bar and fall asleep, you know, in the in the leather in the all the leather furniture yeah. that surrounded the bar, you know, I'd have to like wake him up and be like, "Come on, man, you got to go back go back to sleep on the fishing boat." I I can only imagine all of the uh, ideas in your head when you found out you're going to move to California. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Whoa, to the point where Surfer Magazine is, you know, and all the bikinis and, you know what I mean? Like, all the wildest California lifestyle. The California lifestyle. Like, you know, less rubber, you know? Like, yeah, and then I was listening to, when I was in college, when I went to college, I all I, all I was thinking about was surfing. <laughs> Even though I was, you know, a hockey player and a tennis player. Yeah. You know, at a pretty competitive level my 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 freshman year i was a class i graduated 78 my freshman year in 74 my school was rated i think the top recruiting college in the country for the incoming class for ice hockey right like you know they rate these things yeah and we were like merrimack is stacked i mean how stacked were we won the national championship my junior year i was i didn't play then i had already quit but that class my class yeah took it all yeah. took the national title my uh, junior year so it was uh but all i was I, I had surfing posters all i used to just listen to was like beach boys music on headphones and just buried in surfer magazine yeah. 24 7 right so, yeah so you finally get out here the restaurant wasn't open yet right and then 
when it finally opens. Living in Oceanside, wake up the first day, I'm looking out the window, I'm like, it's pumping, it's so good, you know? Was it summertime or when Yeah, what time of year? Yeah, no, I came out, it was winter. I came out, I remember driving cross-country. Um, but you're probably like, the same. I think it was like middle, yeah. of, middle, of, no, middle of November, right? But you yeah. got, yeah, it was one of those. This is like memorial, like weather. Gorgeous. It's a freezing 69 when I, degrees. When I got out here, it was just like gorgeous. I just remember the first time I pulled into Salt Creek and there were a lot of kelp beds back then. Yeah. And just, you know, like it was all glassy on the inside, these huge kelp beds outside, like gravels and middles. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Did you upgrade your quiver when you came out because all the surf shops and boards that were available? You know, I didn't because, you know, I was Expensive on a budget, budget, right? Because yeah. um, I figured the restaurant like, open and start making some money. I, I wanted to. For my priority was buying a bed. Because where you're coming from, they buy the bed. Buying a bed. Yeah, but the SoCal, there's like there were so many shapers and so many oh, yeah. shops, and I'm sure it just been like you know. Kid but you know, I had a, I, it's a funny story. Um, the bonds I'm, are. I'm, I'm I'm in Newport tending bar, and I end up meeting these guys from California, and it, I believe it's Campbell Brothers, and um, they're talking about bonzers and surfing and different things, and I was like. I, I remember, I think I gave them a ride um, back to Narragansett. Um, and they're, and the next day I go down to the surf shop and Bonzer, Mike Eaton from, uh, was shaping Bonzers back in those days. And so they had a Bonzer. And I was like, I'm taking that board because these guys <laughs> were raving about telling me, you got to ride, you got to ride this different fin setup. Yeah. This thing called the Bonzer. And it was, you know, the, they had this, the two and then single the side yeah. bite yeah and i i that's all i rode after that i i got on one of those but it was before thrusters right yeah you know, everyone was on single fins and those sports were amazing so um yeah it's just uh short board bonzers yeah. and um i remember got my uh triple stringer phil edwards hobie you know longboard that was my go-to longboard so cool. So like, you know, I, I could only imagine like coming out and seeing you got Salt Creek right there, right around the corner. You have, you know, you're living in Oceanside, you know, you got, you know, Trussell's. Oceanside's yeah. good like all the time. And, and every and everyone in Dana Point that yeah. we hired surfed. Yeah. And a lot of the guys were local guys. And so, you know, Gary DiPello, who's like this, I think he surfed, he was on the Hobie team. Rich Chu. Yeah. Who was, Rich Chu. You know. He's famous. Well, Rich was a waiter. Yeah. You know, Rich is like, come down to San Clemente. I was yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. We're surfing tomorrow. I didn't know who these guys were. You know, yeah. Gary, who, he was on the Hobie team. He ruled the point at Salt Creek. I mean, nobody dropped in on Gary DiPello. Yeah. You know, he's now successful, probably a retired attorney. I think he lives in Hawaii. But, wow. you know, these were all the guys that I worked with that would just take you under your wing. Let me show you. Let's go here. Let's go there. Take you to Trestles. Take it a T Street, take it a creek, you know. Yeah, it's like. So did your, you did you go to every spot that you could? As many spots as I could, yeah. you know, surfing uh, Cardiff Reef. So we trained before we opened the restaurant. We would take all the people we hired, and we'd go to Malibu, Redondo, uh, Cardiff, and train. At the restaurants. Yeah, at the yeah. restaurants at night, you know. So. Just uh, in ocean, there was a chart house in Oceanside as well. Yeah, right in the harbor. Uh, in the harbor, so we, you know, uh, and so you get to meet guys from you know Renando, Malibu, Cardiff, and they're like, dude, you should see this wave out here. It's called. 
Cardiff Reef. I was like, seriously. I remember paddling out there and, you know, John Creed owns the chart house. So they were headquartered in Solana Beach, chart house's headquarters. So those guys were San Diego guys. And I remember John like snaking me at, you know, <laughs> at Cardiff Reef. John and I were very competitive because Turdhouse had this big, uh, big race, sponsored a lot of athletes, and I was a runner as well. And so it was called up at Maddie's Tavern, up outside Los Olivos, above Santa Barbara. Turdhouse mm-hmm. owned this old uh, stagecoach tavern building, and they would have a, a 10-mile race for all the Charthouse employees, everyone kind of congregate. And John used to, John was, John was a triathlete and a very competitive guy. And yeah. I started training and I, I won Maddie's a few years in a row, that 10 miler. And, you know, John and a couple other of the managers, we were always kind of like first, second, third, who was going to take the, take the trophy. And that evolved into like a surf event too, right? They, yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah. They, well, yeah. not an event, but they would do the same competitive, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's kind of, Man, I miss things like that, you know, businesses that have a culture. Culture, you know, and, and people and like are build camaraderie and build a tighter family working environment, you know, yeah. where, you know, you, you work side by side and then play side by side, you know, that's like, that's... Yeah, well, I mentioned my, you know, I've only been in really one surf competition in my life, and that was Dana Point versus Cardiff you know, surf contest. And uh, I did get the wave of the day trophy. Um, Sick wave. I can remember it to this day. And, uh, you know, here we are however many years later, many, many years later, decades later, and I still have that. It's the only piece of Of surf hardware I have. And it means (laughs) I get get teased by my family, you know, your wave of the day trophy. I'm like, that means You're so damn much. right. That yeah. means so much to me. It was a sick wave, and there were a couple of young aspiring pros that worked in the restaurant. Yeah. And you know, it's like, sorry guys, I got yeah. the wave of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you you opened up Dana Point, worked there a couple of years. Yeah, and, and then, then uh, same same situation happened. Guys are um, opening. You know, got this crazy new chart house we're opening up on Cannery Row, Monterey. Well, I had read some of Steinbeck's books and different things and guys are telling me here in Dana Point oh I tell you there's some really good ways when you go up north I'm like really you know Santa Cruz Monterey most of the guys down here are like it's too cold though you're like yeah and I was like seriously (laughs) so uh you know my manager was like hey we need guys to open the restaurant and I guess I was pretty good at it setting up Dana Point so they're like when when do you want to move up there? Wow. So I had gone up there, you know, checked it out. A couple of trips, you know, had the convertible Mustang, put the top down, drive up through Big Sur, piece, you know, Pacific Coast Highway, all the way up from like San Simeon up to uh, uh, Monterey and Carmel, and I was like, oh my god! So yeah. I moved to freaking Carmel. I mean, what's better than that? And then got to open Chart House on Cannery Row, which was another insane opportunity for oh. me. Got to meet a bunch of good, really good surfers up there. Um, that was a just a trip. My my oldest son was born up there, and um, you got a brother? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, my son Kyle was born in uh, Monterey Peninsula Hospital, and he started doing triathletes uh, triathlons up there. And uh, yeah, trippy story though. 
So we're opening the chart house. And I'm just like 24-7 working, getting the restaurant. Yeah, crunch time. Getting it ready to open. I had a Toyota pickup truck that I bought at Toyota of Orange with a little cab on the back so I could slide boards and wetsuits in, my dogs. And um, every day I'm renting a house in Carmel. Best, the, the most scenic way to get to, to Monterey is 17-mile drive, right? Cruise around and check all the surf spots. And it, you know, I'm driving and every day up there. It's like overhead, pumping. Yeah. Pumping. Head high is flat, they say. But I can't surf because I, I, I got to get to work and I got to get this restaurant open. And uh, kind of a tragic story. Uh, one of my bus boys um, surfing, he was a boogie boarder at Spanish Bay. And about a week before we opened, yeah, Lou got chomped, killed. Great way. So, and I was just, it freaked me out so much. And I was, in a way, I was grateful that I didn't get to surf because yeah. I probably would have been out, you know, in that same general vicinity because I used to drive Spanish, come around, I don't know, Cypress Point, you know, to different golf courses and Spanish Bay is come around this corner and there's just like this right and it breaks into this bay and it's like insanely good waves yeah. on that drive. But um, yeah, I was just, I, I hung up my board and my wetsuit for about six months after that. I really? was just like, yeah, I'm not going out. And when I finally went back in the water, it was, I went, you know, sunny day, Carmel Beach, there's like a hundred people more walking on the beach. There's a bunch of guys in the water. Made my wife kind of sit there and keep an eye on me, yeah. you know. And Since we're on the topic, freaky. though, I mean, where you come from, <laughs> it's gotten to be big time. There's a lot of great. It's gotten to be big time, red, yeah. white territory. Did, did you see a lot growing up? No, because the seals, the, 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 the food source wasn't there back in when I was growing up and learning to surf. And then before I came to California in 19, I came to California in 79. So the food source wasn't there, but the seal population in New England has just exploded. And you know, is it because of the fishing? Uh, I think you know the protected status and fishing and different things like that. But you know, it's just brought them in closer. The seal population. I mean, I used to surf the Cape, Newcomb's Hall, constantly. Got guy I went to college with was from that area, that portion of Cape Cod, and. You know, it's legendary break, and we would swell it be good. We were headed to Newcombs, man, all the time. And um, now Sharky, I wouldn't go. I, I forbid Holland to go up there. I'm like, you're not going to the Cape. You're not surfing the Cape. Sorry. Yeah. No, you would not. I mean, daily I, sightings or or yeah, no, yeah, no, they're there. It's sketchy. We're I mean, surf, we're surf. It's it's definitely something you think about a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're surfing up in Maine. Um, spot up there that we were the only guys out it was on uh, columbus day a couple of years ago just nuking one of the best waves i've ever surfed bar none anywhere and we see these huge seals up there and i kept saying i wonder if it's sharky up here (laughs) you know (laughs) and then so that's columbus day first week in october that following this following uh summer july about a mile and a half from where we were there, a woman was killed swimming. Local resident swimming in, in the summer up there. And I was like, I sensed it was kind of sharky. Yeah. And it definitely is. We, we did a trip to Nova Scotia a couple of years ago. And um, 
yeah, I didn't think much of it at the time, but that's, yeah, sh- sh- it's Sharky area. I think everywhere. All the boys now are um, a lot of the research guys that set up all these pingers, you know, because they tag a lot off the Cape, a lot of the Great Whites, and they set these pingers up around Block Island. And it's constantly um, being reported that, you know, there's yeah. seven or eight that are just kind of cruising around that are, every time they go by. Yeah. Um, I don't like to see all the seals, but, you know, yeah. it's part of the eco. So hopefully the sharks are well fed. And, yeah. uh, you know, you just don't, you put it out of your mind, yeah. right? So yeah. you got to do it. So going back to Monterey, you opened up that restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, surf Moss Land. My go-to spot was Moss Landing. Loved it up there. I surfed it once. Heavy, super sharky. And that's kind of like a man-made spot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes out of deep water. You got these giant tankers that are like literally right there. Yeah. um, Offloading whatever they're doing, you know, with fuel because there's I think a power plant right there. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Got to meet a bunch of guys and again surfing, you know, the main break in Carmel, which is kind of fun. Um, a little bit down at Big Sur, Big Sur River Mouth, and then um, got to do ranch, right? Yeah, no, I didn't do any ranch trips until I came. I, I came back from Carmel back to Orange County, and then I started mm-hmm. dialing in the ranch, the whole ranch. Scene. When did you after Monterey? You moved to Orange I, County. I came back. I came back to Orange County, okay. you know, after my son was born, and I figured I had to get a legit job. Couldn't you know that lifestyle with no being, mar- just, being yeah. married and having a uh, you know starting a family. Yeah, you know, I mean it's a late nights, bunch of your super attractive off. women. Yeah. and now you're ma- you know it's just like ah, get me out of here. <laughs> you know, I'm the time you grew up, Temptation Island. So I, uh, yeah, no, I, I came back and started. So a bunch of the guys that I worked with in the restaurant at Chart House um, started uh, migrating out of the restaurant business into commercial real estate. A lot of very successful businessmen would come in for dinners, and they were, again, this is back in the day, right? Back in the late 70s, early 80s. Orange County was exploding from a development standpoint, especially yeah. commercially, right? So these guys were looking for young, educated, athletic, we were called runners, right? We were runners. We'd work for these senior commercial real estate guys. So, you know, one guy, Ed Diablo, you know, went into commercial real estate. Then another buddy, a waiter friend of mine, Mike Thomas, got a runnership, went into commercial real estate. So I'm up in, uh, in Monterey with a young family, and I'm like, you know, I... I want to make I want to make some money, some money right? Yeah. I got to get a career, and my father-in-law was a commercial real estate guy. So, in your line of work, you know, managing a bar, you're making decent money. Yeah, though, no. Right? But is the other things that kind of. The, but you know, thinking long, thinking long, thinking long term, right? You know, I mean, I was pretty good money. I was I was constantly being asked to go into. They had the chart house like management program yeah. like full on they called it the champ program go to San Diego for a few months and I don't know three a months step, or something like legit it's like yeah. enroll it's like enlisting right yeah you know John Creed and a uh, bunch of bunch of guys are like you got it you should you, you are you going to go in the champ program or what and I was just like ah yeah and I decided not to 
Because, um, but then I because it was more of traveling gig. It seemed like those managers would they kind of bounce around. Yeah. But you're you're really tied down. You yeah. lose a lot of your flexibility. Yeah, and I don't know. Just uh, I, I just you take on more responsibility and. Not as much fun. Not as not much, as much fun. fun. Not as much money. Not that much money either. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, those guys were not. You know, they weren't waiting to, a little bit waiting tables, ten and bar, maybe yeah. filling in, but you know, we were making decent money yeah. back in the day. For I can only imagine, like, for a restaurant like the Chart House. I mean, you're almost at that point in time. The Chart House was like one of the best restaurants around. Uh, Right. Yeah, I was so so. I again, I just feel I'm so fortunate that I had that experience yeah. back in the day. Yeah, and then you know they went through some ownership changes and and the culture started to change a little bit. Um, but you know when it was run by the guys out of Solana Beach, John Creed and the boys, it was yeah. I knew all of them. I knew all the the head the head you know yeah. the guy who ran the whole gig was a really good friend and uh, so so. You guys met some commercial real estate guys. Yeah, so right. then I started inquiring about it, and and I ended up. Um, Was your goal to come back to Orange County? Like, if you well, could? well, yeah, and um, again, my wife's family was from Orange County, and my father-in-law was a commercial real estate guy, and so he was just thrilled. Like, I was thinking about getting into commercial real estate, oh, cool. and so then I I flew down from Monterey, flew down to John Wayne Airport, and started interviewing with some guys. I had to go. You know, I had to go buy, trade in my Aloha shirts and shorts and go get a suit and a tie, right? The interview suit. And, uh, yeah, so it, it was uh, a funny story. I had to fly to Phoenix to meet George, the guy by the name of George Iliff. The company that I, I ended up going to work for was called Iliff Thorne & Company, headquartered in Phoenix with seven or eight offices around the western United States. But George Iliff was, he was it, man. He was the CEO. So I... I went back for my sister. I was living in Monterey, interviewing in Orange County. My sister got married in Rhode Island. I flew back, and the, the day I land with a little infant baby in Rhode Island for my sister's wedding, uh, Iliff's secretary calls me from Phoenix and said, George can interview to, you tomorrow. And I, and I, I was ready right. to be hired, but all I had to get George's blessing, right? So I was like, what do you do? You you get a plane ticket, you turn around and fly fly to Phoenix from Boston. Mm. I just gotten there. I had like a day before the wedding. So I jump on a plane, fly to Phoenix, never been to Phoenix, take a bus, you know, go to the corporate office. You couldn't have a, like <laughs> have have an interview with George Iliff and within five minutes George used to work at the chart house. No! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he's like, tell me about your experience. He's like, tell me about your experience. You know, did you go to business school, a school teacher, this and that, American studies, da 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 And I was like, hey, George, I'm really good with people. I've been, you know, working chart house for years. And he's, and like, he's, he's like, dude, he's like, I worked at the chart house. It was, a, it was a short interview. I was yeah. hired, you know? So that was, that, that was a big change for How? me ironic is that yeah all the all the commercial real estate dudes out there the one you end up interviewing for which wasn't easy because you had when he was yeah and it was he was impressed yeah because i told him the story i said now you know now that i'm meeting you let me just tell you what i went through to get here i literally just flew from monterey san francisco to boston then i 
your secretary calls. I'm on the next plane yeah. back to Phoenix, and he said, like after the interview, he's like, "What do you?" I said, "I gotta, I gotta fly back to Boston because yeah. my sister's getting married tomorrow." Yeah, and he's like, "That's commitment, man." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, I'm sure after you said Chart House, and then you told him, I started over here in Rhode Island and opened up uh, Dana Point, Dana Point, and then opened up Monterey." I bet this guy's just like, oh, he's a go-getter, yeah. you know. He's always working. You know? So it was, it, it was fun. It yeah. was, it was cool. So that was, you know, that's. So that was your first foray into commercial real estate. Yeah, yeah. And when you say runner, what was that? So you're working for. I was working for a senior guy who was, you know, I, how old was I back then? I was like 24, maybe. And he can't be in five, ten places at once. Five and um, had to get a commercial. I had to get a real estate license, right? I had to go get a, my real estate license, which was a trip. Um, and but you're working for a senior guy who's probably, you know, two, three decades of experience. And they just want somebody to go cold calling and pick up my dry cleaning and go get me a cup of coffee and cars getting basically de- a cars, bad service. Cars, cars getting detailed. Go get the car. You know, what a trip. Go You're pick like, up the I car. Be that guy. Hey, whatever. It's, whatever. It's like you know? an apprenticeship, but even less. It was an apprentice. Full on. A, yeah. Yeah. Good. Good, good description. Yeah. And, an and I feel like. In that era, you could get away with all that. Now yeah. you'd have HR like breathing down. Oh yeah, oh, it was that's great. not his title. You can't make somebody do that. <laughs> so I worked. What do you call an apprenticeship? Yeah, your apprentice. Your apprentice. Apprentice. Your apprentice isn't supposed to wash your car, bro. <laughs> yeah. So in I mean, commercial real estate. In commercial real estate, we do. <laughs> But when it was like any other apprentice, you know, you, 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 you work super hard and pay your dues. And then, uh, yeah. so the guy I, I originally got hired for, he, he got, he ended up uh, transitioning out to us. He went to San Francisco and ran a big Cushman & Wakefield, big commercial real estate office. He got hired as their manager. He went to San Francisco and then was trying to get me to come back to the Bay Area to continue working for him and I yeah. was like oh, man I just moved down to Orange County I can't move back with a family back up to the yeah. Bay Area I was like Jim I mean I went up there I checked it out yeah. flew up there checked it out but I was like I, I'm staying in Orange County if you can yeah, and then uh, lucrative here. I got uh, another guy kind of came in another senior guy came in and I ended up finishing my, my runnership my apprenticeship with Tom Acklum. Is there a time limit on that? It's about a year. You kind of pay your dues for a year. And then, you know, when you graduate, it's a, kind of a big deal. Your year's up. And, you know, if you've done the right things and worked hard, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, I'm Tom's partner, you know, Fuck. which is like, I was like, yeah. How, and yeah, how I was much like, were you getting back in the. Being, oh, God. I didn't have enough to pay rent. I had to be subsidized a little bit, you know. Back in those days, did you keep working at? Because I had a, I had, I, I, no, no, no. I, I probably should have. Um, <laughs> but I, I moved, when I moved back from uh, Carmel, I, I had a house at Top of the World in Laguna. You go up Thalia Street and you just keep going to the top, right? So I lived at Top of the World up, up, up there and surfed uh, Thalia and Brooks and Rockpile was my one of my go-to spots. And how uh, long did you live there? For? I lived, I lived in Laguna off and on probably for I don't know total 10 years so in total so the runnership the apprenticeship lasted for a year 
and then what, you what became his partner? Yeah, we became partners and, you know, on listings what? and sharing, you yeah. know, commissions and, you know. So for, making, I, I don't know, commercial, I mean, it's pretty diverse. Like you got, you know, obviously the buildings, you got buildings and warehouse, industrial space, and you got, you know, office space and high rises. And yeah. then you got. We you do know, it all. Retail. Yeah. So they handled anything. And commercial. Irvine was just, you know, Irvine, Newport Beach around John Wayne Airport was just exploding. Right. Yeah. Back yeah. in those days, you know. Irvine Spectrum didn't exist, right? Yeah. Right. And I watched that being built, Saddleback, you know, and different things like that. Yeah, all, all that, that stuff well, came Irvine in. Company, I mean, owned pretty much all of Orange County. Yeah. So it was a great gig. Um, so did this? So I, was this guy a, a real estate firm? No, he worked. We worked for a firm. You worked so we for, worked for a firm. You know, we okay. worked for uh, different companies, and you know, the guys I worked for ended up ended up running those local, you know, Orange County offices. And then, you know, as soon as my runnership was over, you know, the guy Tom, who was my my uh, mentor, brought in this kid guy uh, straight out of USC, Doug Killian. And Doug, you know, was, you know, USC volleyball player, born and raised in Laguna. And um, Doug went through his 12-month program. Then my younger brother became, I, I kept saying to my younger brother, he was in sales. Gotta get over here. Because he went, my younger brother followed me to California from Rhode Island, went to USC. So he graduated from SC with a business degree. I'm like Tommy. Damn. I'm like Tommy. You got to get into commercial real estate. This is the bomb, you know. Yeah. Once you get through all this stuff, you have a lot of flexibility. You can make a lot of money. Yeah. And it's you know it's hard, but it's it's not you know. Yeah. And if you're gonna, you got to know your craft. So and- you know, we all we all kind of followed in each other's footsteps, and uh, my brother. You know, still in commercial real estate with the same firm out in Riverside. You know, twenty some twenty five years later. You know, crazy, um, super successful. Um, yeah, so it was a gr- great gig, but you know, we met so many, you know, interesting people. Uh, you know, in that industry, and you know, I liked it because it kind of had some flexibility, giving you time to jump in the water, yeah, and surf, which is everybody's. Goal. Dream. Yeah, yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, that's what we want. If we're not working or hanging so out, how long was that on ranch trip? We were a bunch of commercial real estate guys. No like, way. At the, the surf ranch just uh, last week, last weekend. You know, I'm not oh, surprised. Not, su- not surprising. You go right? too? No, no. Like, yeah. He's talking like a little more. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, up at the he surf just ranch. went uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Up at the wave pool. Neon wave. Pool. You remember Brett? Yeah. So Brett had two spots. Sheffer, yeah, had two spots. And there's the ones he filled. Yeah, yeah, helped fill. Yeah, sick. So Fred gave Holland and Nate Zoller mm-hmm. sick his spots. So. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I thought we were tight, Fred. <laughs> yeah. But my commercial real estate, you know, one of the young guy who was a runner for another another guy, but guy in the name Steve Bryant. He, uh, his dad and his brother were Bixby's, and so you know, Long, all Long of a sudden, Bixby's. all of a sudden, the guy, this guy, you know, we're you surf, I surf. We're all young guys, you know, working our ass off, and I, we start surfing together. And Steve went to UC Santa Barbara. He's like, dude, he said, I, I can get us in. I can, you know, my family owns this. My place last called, name's Bixby. Called, <laughs> called the Bixby Ranch. Yeah. You know, which is, I didn't really know the distinction between 
the, the ranch, Hollister Ranch, and the Bixby Ranch. But the Bixby Ranch, I guess, is bigger, and there's great surf breaks there. Yeah. So I was like, I, he's like, yeah, all I have to do is I have to reserve the time, and we'll go up. And uh, so fortunately for me, for about five or six years straight, I, I got to go. I, my, my surf ranch was going to the Bixby Ranch with four to four to five other guys that we all worked together for three, four days. We'd be the only guys. Sick. Camped on the point at Coho, surfing Coho, Percos, Governments, wow. all those breaks. We're the only guys there, other than guys that would boat in. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, but you pretty much have it all to yourselves. Yeah. We were the only ones you'd have to, you know, we'd go up the night before, camp at Halama, and then... You know, first light combo. Did, did you ever buy a parcel up there? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really understand the distinction between the other ranch and this ranch. I just we're going to the ranch. I was yeah. like, I'd heard about the ranch, right? I was yeah. like, I'm in. And when I'm sitting there, you know, camping and waking up in the morning in my tent, looking out the window, at Coho just reeling. Yeah, I'd be like, this is but did you, so good. Did you look into the ranch like? Parcels I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. It's pretty so gnarly expensive. and expensive and exclusive. It was always been like that, but I think the last like ten years or so, it's gotten like ridiculous. one of our buddies like bought a, a, a small parcel, an eighth of a. So here's the craziest thing, right? So I I had those amazing experiences. Holland's seen a lot of the footage and photos from those days up there. Um, so I'm back in Newport now and I'm doing my commercial real estate thing and I'm working with this firm out of Boston, um, which are these private equity guys that fund big development projects. I'm in sitting in a meeting with a guy in a, some high rise building in Boston and he, he owns, his firm owns the Bixby Ranch now. No, oh, so the way. family sold it. And so, and now the guy, now the, you're back the, in the print. Well, the principal, Lives, the principal lives in Newport, so the guy that I work for has an estate in Newport. You know, you've heard of famous mansions in Newport, Rhode Island, right? Yeah. The fam most famous mansion there is is the Breakers. So Mr. Carpionato owns the estate next to the Breakers, oh, arguably yeah. the most, the better piece of real estate because it's at Ruggles Point. Yeah. At the end of the. At, like the one of the most epic breaks on Aquidneck Island, and the guy I work for owns that piece of real estate with the point. When we're, when you're surfing Ruggles, you're looking at is it like you're a looking at the house? Is it a full time residence or is no? It no, he didn't, he didn't even live there. Oh yeah, with the eighteen to twenty foot gilded gold gates to get in. So. Our, our, our favorite gig is, you know, I work for the boss, right? Yeah. So I got the combo on the keypad. Gates open up. Everyone's Google, you know, looking, Google eyes, looking at this place. And we pull in with boards, spin the car around, put our wetsuits on. And then you got you to gotta, you gotta pull the car up to trigger the gates to open again and then pull it back and then run through. 
and go surf, you know. Oh and I, I would say to Holland all the time, I was like, I can guarantee you, we're the only guys that have ever surfed from that piece of real estate. For you sure, could, huh? You're probably the only guys. Only guys that I, I, I know for a fact. Unless people like paddle around, no. No, They're, to be able to yeah. put a wetsuit on, like yeah. people on the lawn, on the lawn, right surface. there, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't have to go uh, changing on the street, you know, trying to find a parking space. It's kind of like, gives you it's little, like little, you know, little doom and stuff and like, you know, uh, Malibu, you know, it's like just the craziest houses, all the celebrities, but they have like, you, you know, there's a security, there's like a couple, you know, access gates and it's like, it's so trippy. So whenever, whenever the surf gets really good, my wife will grab a photographer or somebody and she'll go you know because we still I still work for the firm yeah have access so we'll still so she'll we'll, go set up right on the point I, I, if I showed you it on Google you'd be like blown away yeah how good is it so Larry Ellison owner of Oracle owns a house I don't know eight houses down around the cove from Mr. Carpionato's I don't know how much money he's put into the place, $250 million or something like that. His piece of real estate doesn't even compare to the one we have access to. Wow. doesn't even compare. So $250 mil? Yeah, it's still under construction. It's been under construction for, you know, Ellison. You know, just owns homes all over the world, I guess. And so, yeah, for sure. You know. Going back, you, you were living here. Um... Working with Bixby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then what happened? Like, you you packed up the fam and moved back to East Coast? Yeah. No, so I was here for quite a while. And then, you know, have, you're living in Laguna. Life changes, you know. Get uh, broke up with my first wife. And, you know, it's kind of not the greatest situation being in the same town, same county. Yeah. And uh, had an opportunity to go back to New England. Uh, met my current wife. Um, we went back again for another wedding. One of my, I have three sisters. Another sister got married. I took my... Big family. My wife, or my uh, current wife, wasn't my wife at the time, um, Took her back to New England, and um, she was like, "Oh my!" She's from Riverside and went to USC. Graduated the same class as my brother. Go figure wow. this out, right? My younger brother, and um, she's like, "Oh my God, this New England is amazing. This yeah. place is insane." <laughs> it was in a hard sell. <laughs> insane. We had horses, yeah. and uh, so we had a bunch of horses out in Tribuca Canyon, living in Laguna, and. Um, She's, she, you know, I wanted to buy a house, yeah. but you know, it's kind of starting over financially and everything else, right? And um, had an opportunity to go back to New England and bought a horse ranch, eighteen acre house that was on the historic National Historic Register, you know, wow. for less than I could have bought a condo on Laguna Niguel for. Right? <laughs> so and I was like, let's just eighteen acres. So I was like, let's wow. just. I'm like, let's just. Let's, 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 I'm let's like, in a condo. Let's, in let's move back. Let's move back to Rhode Island. No, it was brutal. It was yeah. brutal because my wife had no clue. So we had horses, yeah. ten stall, brand new barn in the front yard of this place, and uh, we came back and 
uh, on like on a, I don't know, Thursday. And on that Saturday, we got like 28 inches of snow. First week in December. And it's like, it's, welcome to New I was England. like, welcome to New England. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you muck stalls and, you know, uh, yeah. run a wheelbarrow through, you know, 27 inches of snow? I mean, I lived, we bought a little ranch up in the snow belt. Yeah. And it was just crazy. But, you know, it was. The uh, other eight months of the year were incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a pretty cool situation, uh, for sure, to me. That's cool. Back in New yeah, England. To, to, and, to leave, you know, Busy Orange County, Laguna, you know, where it's... From it's the tech. freezer to the frying pan, back to the freezer. Yeah, but just the, the quality of life and the changes of, like, you know, like you said, everything here is so dense, although it is... Probably one killer. of the most biggest challenges I have is, yeah. is, you know, again, having family, you know, children that were in California. Oh, for sure. You know, um, moving... 2,700 miles away, which was not easy. No. And, um, starting know, a new, well, new boss. Started, new, started, new. Starting out, you know, yeah. starting, kind of starting your, you know, your career over life, too. your career and your life a little bit over, yeah. right? Um, definitely not the easiest thing to do, but, um, you know, and loving California, loving Laguna, loving Orange County, yeah. you know, just the whole, the whole vibe out here, you know, kind of torn between you know I've vacillated so many times do I, do I come back do I I just set up shop in both places came came back came back went back to Rhode Island and then I took a gig working for a developer and we were developing property in Newport Beach and Pasadena and I commuted to LA for like 18 months what 24 months came really close to moving back here my daughter was at Westmont up in Santa Barbara going to college and I wanted to be close to my kids again and having Holland growing up. I was like, you know, yeah. he's kind of getting into surfing. It'd be great thing, spending a lot of time in Santa Barbara. Yes. Or California, man, let's go. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was the pre-big <laughs> crash of real estate in the early, you know, 2005, six before the big financial crisis happened right so yeah. we were looking at real estate out here and it was just it was insane right oh. prices were going through the roof like and it is now you know in hindsight you know the company i was with kind of you know uh had this meteoric rise and then kind of a lot of things fizzled out so i ended up uh going to work for um carpionato and um just because i i had met him early when i went back to new england Guy, so the guy I worked. And this guy for, is a powerhouse. The said. guy, the guy that I worked for, his family was on my. Growing up as a kid, when I was little, little, you know, his family was was our. His mom and dad were our next door neighbors. What? Yeah. So, so the guy you ended up working for, the guy, his, his mom were and dad were our next door neighbors. And you're in like parents' house you grew up in. And yeah. he worked at the chart house too. <laughs> no, 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 no. He did, trust me, he didn't. Man, that was way, that was way before he might have owned a few of the chart houses, <laughs> perhaps, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, so it's been it's been such an interesting ride with all of these different uh, yeah. you know, opportunities and living here and living there and you know, um, so when I come out to California and surf and, you know, paddling out at trestles or Hans with the home know, made a rock pile or something like that, it's, it's, uh, I'd love to get him up to the ranch someday, you know, but, Big uh, Hollister. 
<laughs> but you know, again, you know, working in that industry that I was in, I got to meet a lot of different people that were, you know, in the surf industry. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, uh, through different connections, meet uh, guys who were editors at Surfer Magazine, for example. You know, Steve Hawk, Tony Hawk's brother. Yeah. So Steve became a pretty good friend of mine, and then Steve and. I met Sam George, who was an editor at Surfer, and Chris Carter, who was just launching this pro. He was, I think, Chris was working at Surfing Magazine back when I was at the Chart House, before I went up to up north, and um, he was doing this thing called the X Files. Yeah, I, I was just like, "What the hell's that?" You yeah. know, and uh, kind of pretty cultural trippy, phenomenon. Pretty trippy, but uh, these guys are like, you know, I'm working and back, come back from uh, from Northern California, and I'm working in Orange County in commercial real estate. And these guys are like, hey, um, we're going to do this this uh, trip down to this place in Mexico. It's called Todos Santos. <laughs> you up for going? There's a couple of breaks out there. It's a place called Killers uh-huh. and some others. The one break. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm totally down for that. Yeah, I'd love to surf, you know, surf that spot. And you, so know, you knew it's a mass. It gets I had no idea. The well, first oh time God. I went there, I was just like, yeah, I'm in. And drive down to Ensenada, you know. Catch a boat. Super grass, cool. Yeah. Catch a boat. Get a ponga or whatever. And out we go, right? And uh, so I kind of experienced that a few times. And then I just remember one particular trip with, I told you about meeting some of these professional, professional surfers. I was a real estate guy, businessman, right? Yeah. So Steve Hawk calls me up. He's like, oh, there's this huge swell that's going to hit. We're going to go to Todos. I've got, um, I've got Gerlach, Parsons. Uh, Taylor Knox. Sam George. A um, bunch of guys. Bill Sharp. Photog- I don't know who. Photographer. Maybe Steve was at surfing at the time or something. Anyways, to make a long story short, they got this boat trip. We stayed in Tony's. Tony Hawk's condo down in Carlsbad the night before, then blast down to Ensenada early in the morning, catch the boat, and we're sitting at the dock waiting for Brad Burlak to show up because he's like super hungover or something like that. <laughs> this is he's a young a young pro yeah. back in those days. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. You know, I'm you know, I want to get the swell. You know, and so I borrowed one of the guys friend of mine that surfed, I borrowed his 7.6, you know, board to take out there because I didn't have anything, you know, they said it was going to be big. Yeah. And you, know, you like Brad and Parson show up with these Waimea boards, yeah. like eight and a half, eight sixes and nine O's. And I'm looking at that like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> Girl X thrown up on the boat ride on the way out there because he's so hungover, right? And I was just like, "What's with these guys?" We yeah. pull up. We pull up at Killers, you know. Proper. And I was like, "Holy smokes! No towing stuff no. back in those. No safety vest. No nothing. Right? Well, Mag's not putting a trip together unless they know it's like worthy. Gonna be good. Yeah. yeah. You know. So we. I think we had maybe. I don't know if we had an inflatable or somebody came down with maybe a jet ski to film to take photos yeah. and stuff like that. They were talking about coming down with a helicopter something but I don't think that really materialized I just remember just couldn't wait to get you know get my suit on get out get out get after it right so I'm paddled everyone you know how big was it it was like 20 20 foot easy 
easy 20 foot face maybe 25 foot faces big boils out there oh hell yes you've done that already you are no 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 i had no i had i had no place being out there but you were i I never surfed surfed that big I never you were trained in it. Here, oh. I'm gonna these pro. I'm gonna go show them up. Oh, I'll go sit on the boil with Brad and and, and Mike you, Parsons. You thought and stuff you could like surf that? those oh, waves? Yes, absolutely. To the point where I took off on the waves, <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> so I just remember the. Hold on. You are with these gnarly dudes, and you've never surfed that spot before. I had surfed it maybe a couple of times, but it was it was maybe head a third high. of the size. Yeah, yeah. No, I got a couple of really epic days over there where it was just really fun, really manageable. Yeah, you know. But here heavy, is, heavy. Yeah. Surfed it one is. day, and the first day I ever went out there, it was pea soup fog, and you know that sets roll in at killers, and you can't see it. But You're this like, time it's twenty something foot. Oh. I have pictures now, and the waves are way higher than the rocks out there. Way, way, way higher than the rocks. Oh, you you were confident that morning. I'm I'm in my I'm in my late twenties. I'm an athlete. I train a lot. Yeah. And back in those days, it was like, bring it on, let's go. Really? Game. That's awesome. Let's do it. And we're in the, and it's we're not awesome. That's fucking crazy. And, 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 so, no, so I get, I just get <laughs> annihilated on my first wave. Are you, are you regular or goofy? I'm regular. Okay, so, so I get annihilated on my first wave. Completely <laughs> yeah. annihilated. I, I mean, for those that haven't experienced a, yeah. a serious drubbing at Killers, yeah, on a big. Big day, not big, but big, big day. Oh. I mean, you just—it's like it's not a big day, a big, big yeah. day. You're, I mean, you're, you're upside down, spin, you're up. spinning around, spinning around, spinning around, spinning around, spinning around, and you're—it drags you, yeah, like many, many yards. I don't know, fifty, hundred yards, but it's For a sure. lot, right? Yeah. So then you regroup, paddle to the channel towards the boats, and uh, catch my breath and. Straight out. So after the second drubbing in a row, <laughs> literally, I've been in water now for like it, are 20, you, are 20 you minutes. Making the drop, and it's just. I can't remember if I was making it or not. Yeah. I just know it was it was ugly, right? Because yeah. it's there's so much water moving around out there. Because like, most of the guys will like make the drop, and it's it just obliterates you because you can't like bottom get, turn. Get bottom I was on a seven six, mind you. Yeah, which was a short board apparently <laughs> for the conditions. And I just remember after the second wave, I was just like, I literally, I was like, well, dude, harder than any triathlon I've ever done. And I've been in the water for 22 minutes or something. And I'm just like, just, do I just paddle to the boat right now and just call it? Yeah. Like, I'm done. I, I just All the can't. Energy. I can't do I can't do that. I don't yeah. think I can do this can't anymore. Whiplash. So, but no, I ended up uh, kind of regrouping and then kind of sitting a little inside, shoulder-ish. Yeah. Did you borrow uh, a different board? No, no. I continue to surf. I get some. I get some fun waves. Awesome. So you know, if you you know do a Totos trip after again, this is in the like, 1980s or something, mid 80s. What do you do after Totos? You go get lobster, you know, tacos or something. Puerto Nueva. Nueva, yeah. right? Yeah. You go and get for two bucks you, as much as you can eat, right? Yeah, so Sam George has given me the uh, celebratory. Joe Perrick gets the wipeouts of the day. Not wipeout, wipeouts of the day. Oh my you know, gosh. you get the go for it award because you know those guys were just 
you know, they're egging you on too. You yeah, know? it's like go go go. You got You're sitting on the boil, and you know, Seth's coming, and you can't not go. And there were a couple. Yeah, the last, the, the last one, I, I shouldn't don't have, go I sh- on the boat, or don't. The go last one, on I shouldn't have gone, but I just had to spin and go for it. And there's a picture. There's a. There used to be a couple of pictures. I should try and track one of them down. Where literally, you know, it was professional surf photography. I'm in the lip. Like I no, I'm 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 doing the perfect dive in the lip of a 15 20 foot wave my that seven six is in the actual whip about to get detonated and that photo hung at some establishment in corona del mar for many many years that's awesome. one of our little watering holes it was one of the people would be like look at that photo that poor guy <laughs> <laughs> then i have another one that's in holland's room that was in the entryway of our uh, commercial real estate office that had Guys had sent me that framed, and it's and I'm just in the lip dropping in. But you can see the nose of the boy is already completely like purling. And I don't think that don't I, don't think, I don't think I I don't think I pulled that one off either. But whatever, see, it was a great experience. Even if I was like a full on lifeguard, gnarly waterman guy, I those waves are just too big. Yeah, <laughs> that place gets. I mean, obviously, it's won you know many awards for guys catching the biggest wave of the season, or you know, whatever. It 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 was pretty just, much hold anything that it throws. It at. was coming. It was just really. I think in the again, this is like early, maybe no later than mid nineteen eighties, right? Yeah. Eighty three, eighty five. It was just coming on the scene. Yeah, yeah. So Girls like and Parsons were pretty young. Guys were talking about it. Oh, oh yeah, no, they were totally young. Yeah. Um trying to remember there was another San Clemente yeah, pro that was on the boat with us. Uh, Timmy somebody or other or something. I can't remember the last name exactly. Huh. But there were a bunch of guys a bunch of pros. Yeah. And then me, <laughs> businessman, real estate guy who has no no place to be out in conditions yeah. like that but I'm just like yeah that sounds like fun I'm but Steve Hawk but, but yeah, I think there's guys you know there's guys like you at every home big break all over the you know like that's just you know either like it and you know it was a great it. experience yeah. right I mean yeah I got thankfully I didn't die, thankfully I didn't die yeah and I still have those memories you know of yeah. uh, tr- trying to charge it and yeah. uh, so is there big waves in where you live like not that big no, not on the scale of yeah. Togos, right? But no, we uh, get big swells. Yeah, we get double overhead. Yeah, you know, got a little lobster lobster land reef at the end of the street that I've snapped five boards there in my career. Yeah, over the last couple of decades, it's a board snapper. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, when I'm when, when I first photos. moved back to New England from Southern California, I had the horse ranch, so I'm friends with. You know the guys at Surfer, and I'm Sam. I think was the editor at the time, Sam George, and I'm on the phone with him, and I'm just like, Sam, you got to send a crew back here. Yeah. There's a tropical storm, hurricane brewing, and it's gonna be pumping. Are you telling him like send a crew, but we're not gonna label where it's at? Yeah, no, no. So I'm like, send a crew, send a crew. So you know, my I convinced. Yeah. So Sam came, Tom Survey came out to do photography. Awesome. Tom's awesome. Corey Lopez flew out. Yeah. And they all stayed with me for like a week. This is before Holland was born. 
and you know they're like Newport, Rhode Island. I, I don't think you guys might get some dribblers, and they were, Bottom I line. think, pretty. So there was a, a good spread in Surfer Magazine, six or eight page spread on that trip, but yeah. it was as much about the the lifestyle that we were we were living, you know, riding horses, playing polo, you know, the, the, man, the, ma- the mansions. No, the mansions. No buzzy box on The that? mansions in Newport. Going to the you know the private clam bake club at the end of my street. The private dinner club for, yeah, the, getting the, full for the Bellevue Avenue crowd, you know, yeah. having cocktails, making, getting a sport jacket and finding a tie to put on Corey Lopez so he could get into the clam bake yeah. club because you can't go in there without a jacket and a tie. You know, after we've been, oh, we surfing, Blue Blood. After Blue we've Blood. been surfing all day, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, I tried to keep, keep things as quiet as possible in terms of locations and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. it was... Um, you know, we get we get really good waves, yeah. But we also get really flat spells, obviously. Mm, yeah. And um, it's gotten a lot more popular, and you know, we're trying to figure out. You guys are getting ha- hammered by a storm, or just now? Well, right? We just Henry's did, dead, right? Um, yeah, just was it Henry on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So I flew out on Saturday, and you know, I felt bad leaving my wife. I I hauled my boat out on Thursday before I left because mm. I could see that and I was just like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take any chances yeah, yeah. so I hauled her out and got Storm. her all buttoned up um, on the trailer at home and uh, yeah my wife was uh, you know dealing with the tropical storm Henri and uh, thankfully it kind of petered out but yeah. it was gonna it was looking pretty like it yeah. was gonna be intense for a little while yeah, yeah. for sure I mean never and know the story, and that's you know again the, the storm came straight at us and came on shore the best is situation for like, us is they you get the hook pit. inside Bermuda and then they kind of meander for a bit and then they just start generating these long periods. and that's what the better winds when it stays swells down. and then you know we have all the points that can handle size yeah. you know the reefs we can handle easy double overhead yeah and so a lot of everybody everybody yeah. everybody, everybody yeah. No, everybody flies. Everyone, everyone, you know, you, I'm I'm leaving on Saturday at, at, in Boston yeah. with bo- with boards to bring out here, and everyone's showing up yeah. at Logan with boards because the track of the storm. My wife's be, been like, it's going to be good. She her uh, she's got lineage from the Mayflower, you know, and she's she's been talking about doing the the whole like you know Plymouth and and doing all the Boston and all the yeah. like you know touristy stuff but definitely you need to go and do a little surf and touristy trip well you guys are more than welcome we have uh i live uh really close to the really close to the water. epicenter across yeah. the street from the it, any, like across the street any like uh i mean obviously you became a successful commercial real estate and where did you travel did you go what surf trips did you go on any I haven't traveled as much as I would like to. When yeah. I got married, thirty-one, two years ago, I think thirty-two years ago, yeah. uh, my wife and I went to uh, Costa Rica Sweet. for our honeymoon. Yeah, surfed down there for two and a half, three we weeks. Love, that's so killer. Which was yeah. again thirty-two years ago was probably a different place oh. than it was now. Funny story. Yeah, you know we're, you know, married and cruising around, and my wife's. You know, like, well, where are we staying? I said, I don't know. We're gonna rent a rent a car, a SUV, and 
load the boards in and fishing rods, and we're just going to travel. We're going to just figure it out. Wherever. Yeah. No, no reservations. Well, a bunch of her girlfriends had gotten married pretty much at the same time, and they were all going to the Mauna Kea and Hawaii and staying here and there. And yeah, we're going backpacking. I'm like, back I'm like honey, we're, we're just going to figure it out. So anyways, we're down there. I got married in September, so that's a rainy season apparently down there, a lot mm. of rain. Um, good way, so. Yeah. And uh, we're driving around completely lost. I have no map, no GPS. I'm asking people, <laughs> La Playa? La Playa? I rode to La Playa? And it's... I'm way more mountainous than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I thought it was just going to be beaches and stuff, right? Never been to Costa Rica before. <laughs> a lot of uh, water, a lot of jungle. So anyways, we're, we're, my wife is now not happy. Yeah. Many of the, uh, Thanks, honey. Many of the roads that we were traveling on, we couldn't get across these... these There's uh, one AC hotel in San Jose, but it's like two hours from the beach. and <laughs> you, you know, I'd have to go wade through to see if I could get the SUV through this down continue on our path to the La Playa right yeah yeah because the streets are flooded whoa the roads, these, roads, roads, dirt roads. these little dirt roads are you know it's like a river yeah. I'm like a river with like things <laughs> swimming in the river right yeah. tree, tree stuff's <laughs> coming down so uh, Jen is just you know not happy and I'm completely lost, completely upside down. I don't know where I am. We're on this like mountainous road that just keeps going, keep going up and up and up. But I think it's eventually going to go down and take me to the beach. Yeah. And the road ends. The road just ends at the top of this mountainous hill situation. And as where the road ends, it's literally some guy's driveway. I'm on some guy. It ends at some guy's driveway. Oh. And he's got his garage open, and there's just boards stacked in this garage. No way! So I'm like, and I, you know, You're that's close. it. I'm You're, at the end yeah, of the road. Yeah, I'm at close. the end of the road, right? Yeah. No, I have to, I have to literally pull it around in and then go all the way back down this big hill slash mountain um, to get to go to figure a way out. Mm. So I'm like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? So I get out of the SUV and the knock. I, I, no, the garage is open, and a guy comes out, um, surf character, right? And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, uh, I'm trying to get to is the he, beach. Is he American? Or is yeah, he... yeah, a guy from Florida. I'm like, I'm trying to get to the beach. I, I'm completely lost. And their howler monkeys were freaking my wife out because they sound like, you know, lions, right? <laughs> yeah. And so she's just like, she's unnerved, and... Um, so I'm just like, I'm trying to get to the beach. He's like, well, you got to go all the way back down. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on my honeymoon. I just want to go surfing. And he's like, well, why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you hang here? And he's, you know, it's like 9 o'clock in the yeah. morning, and he's drinking up whatever the cerveza is down there. Yeah. And I see all these boards in his garage stacked up. I don't know. He's got like a... Uh, Defender, you know, something SUV. And I was like, he's like, turn the car off. Get your wife. Come, come on in, you know? And I was just like, all right, this is, this is amazing. Um, What's the chances of this, right? One in a million. And um, to make a long story short, we end up staying with these people for like four days. I end up changing my flight back to stay longer with these guys. So this guy is uh, an expat living down there and set up in Nosara uh, down in Costa Rica. There's this a great 
beach area surfing called Nosara up on the whatever the peninsula is down from like Tamarind, Tamarindo and all those famous spots yeah but this is and he had moved to I don't know Costa Rica you know years before built this gorgeous home overlooking the beach with yeah. all these fruit trees and different things and you know I turn the SUV off my wife gets out we're drinking beers on the deck like 10 minutes later and he's like just stay with us man just chill here wow. um, and he, he goes you want to go surfing he's like it's it's good he goes I'll we'll suit up and load up the Dang. load up the car and we'll go surf how far away was like the top of the uh, it was maybe like a 15 minutes, 10 minute minutes. drive yeah. down to go surf the break with this so you were really close you just took a a, yeah. a wrong fork in the road and it took you up to a private yeah, hill residence to versus guys, to the beach you know we were drinking beers and he all of a sudden he runs and grabs the hose and I'm like what is this guy doing you know we're just chilling and here come the holler monkeys getting in his fruit trees mm. so he's got the hose and he's like I'm gonna blast these suckers <laughs> yeah I don't wanna meet my good, good fruit and uh, it was it was pretty wild um, How? great great experience uh you know one of those things again here we are 32 years later right next month i'll never forget it and uh i just remember going to sleep at night you know beautiful home you know guest bedrooms and different things like that and he's like i'm just going to tell you one thing tonight when you go to bed he goes do not get up in the middle of the night scorpions no no he's just like he's like just don't get up and i'm like what do you mean he's like He's got a, okay. like a nine millimeter. He goes, yeah. if I hear noises in the house in the middle of the night, I'm not asking questions. Um, I was like, I was like, no I was like, seriously. And I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, ah, get a bedpan. This is a little, this is a little, this is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I figure, you know, yeah. You're, you're, but, you know, he's got a beautiful home and, yeah. and, you know, there's People. no, co- there's no police or anything like that yeah. down there. And, you know. Was he, did he have a wife or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, he's married. Great dog. Um, his last name, I think, was Shaw. Uh, he went by, uh, like, a Costa Rican name, Manos. And uh, really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, should have stayed in touch with him, I guess. He was telling me I should invest in real estate down there. Oh, I gosh. guess I probably should have. We have so yeah. many friends I have, and yeah. it's just, I mean, it's completely Killing blown it. up in the last But that was, years. you know, that was a, a great, you know, honeymoon ca- yeah. uh, Costa Rica trip. I did a bunch of trips down to Cabo, yeah. you know, back before I went back to um, New England. I love Cabo. It's such a um, quick little in and again, out. Again, yeah. Cabo was was on everyone's radar but it wasn't blown up the way it's blown up now you know super popular and uh call it the new san diego yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) i would like i'd like to get back there at some point in time you know it'd be super fun i think you know take take the family down there so you know having uh kids and now grandchildren that are hopefully going to learn to surf yeah um so you had two kids prior yeah so i have a son and a daughter and my son, you know, I started him, my oldest son started him surfing. Um, he's proficient. Is he, a is he great surfing? life experience was, you know, surfing with, uh, his name's Kyle, surfing with Kyle and surfing with Holland. Um, guys trading off waves together, which was awesome. really cool. Yeah. And then my daughter also uh, went to, you know, surfs, uh, Rin, you know, Rincon and... All the points Went to there. school up to Santa Barbara at Westmont. So yeah. 
we spent a fair amount of time up in uh, Santa Barbara over the last few years thinking yeah. about trying to do something. I love Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara's pretty cool. Yeah. Carpinteria's dope. Yeah. Just Carpinteria? Spent some time with Britt Merrick, you know. Did so you? Britt, Britt was back in the day. Yeah. My daughter was uh, going to, Britt was a pastor mm-hmm. at Reality uh, in Carp, uh, Carpinteria. And um, I got introduced to him through my daughter, who was active in the church. And, um, and then Britt calls me when I'm back in uh, Boston, back in New England. Yeah. And they're going to open a Reality church in Boston. Oh, no wow. So Britt and a couple of the other, uh, you know, senior leader guys from Reality, Santa Barbara, and uh, Carpinteria fly into Boston. I pick those guys up, meet them at their hotel, because I had an office in Boston as well, and yeah. turn them around, showing them this place, that place. I'm like, Britt, you actually should stay, because there's, there's a swell of- coming, <laughs> yeah. you know? And he, he was tight on a time frame or something yeah. like that, so... That was my little. I'm not, you know, too too friendly, uh, with, friendly with guys who are at that realm yeah. of uh, profession. Yeah, he's, but, uh, he's in the full saddle now. Like super I mean, cool. Yeah, that uh, it's good to see. Bought, it. bought the company back. And yeah, yeah. Really cool. So you know, just being in uh, back in Santa Barbara, going to church with my daughter and my family up there, and being able to kind of feel like through. Uh, one level association get to know That's, those guys and yeah. then people cool. were introduced us to Ryan Loveless uh, Loveless up there and uh, he's a shaper right yeah he shaped, shaped Holland a custom board for his birthday a few years ago a couple nice. of few years ago and um, yeah, yeah it's it's so beautiful up there and it's incredible it's just you don't get waves all year round man you gotta yeah. travel you know so my my number one best experience surfing in Santa Barbara. My daughter lived in Montecito after she got graduated from Westmont, which was right up at the top of the hill. And there's this little break down at the end of the path from her house called Hammonds, you know, which is, you know, pretty epic, right? Yeah. And I just remember, you know, going down to the beach with the family and my son and Holland and I, and we're paddling out to Hammonds. It's head high plus maybe, reeling on the sandbar on the inside and I'm paddling out and I look over, look to over my shoulder to my right and I'm like, that can't be Sean Thompson. <laughs> I was like, it is Sean Thompson. I'm like, this is a guy that I idolized that was back in Rhode Island, yeah. you know, looking at Surfer Magazine and oh, going to sure. all this, the new surf movie that came out, watching Sean at Backdoor, navigating the two. pretty much the same age, right? Probably so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just a couple maybe of years, little, maybe older than me. Yeah. But just, and I just remember, I was like, oh, he was watching hot. him take off at him. I was just like, he guy can have all the waves he wants. I just yeah. want to watch this. I'm like, and I, yeah. I was with Holland and one of his friends from Rhode Island was with us on that trip, and I was, and I'm like, guys, come here, come here, come here, come That's, here. And they're like, what, what, what's up? I'm like, freaking Sean Thompson yeah. over there. I'm like, did you see him just? Drop in casually and just get completely barreled. Wow. And I'm just like, oh my! It's like a dream come true. Because he, yeah. you know, he's a phenomenon. He took care of himself. He still yeah. rips and like, you yeah. know, he's still Sean like, the pond. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so cool. Good, good, good memories from yeah. that uh, experience up there. And my family, they're still up there. You know, they have a 
your daughter and my daughter my 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 ex-wife got remarried her she's husband had they she lives up there her husband has a home at rincon on the point Dang. so the family goes and hangs up there and wow i've got a couple of boards up there in uh up at rincon and wow. hopefully i'll get an invite one of you these days it. get one of the invites back up larger yeah. at uh, rincon this past winter oh yeah we go up with waves whenever we're out there we we yeah. surf it as yeah. much as we surf orange county yeah I, I had an appointment in it's so good santa barbara and i went up early and i didn't my car was full of samples i wasn't going to surf I remember talking to you. I'm like, yeah. are you not, you're not, oh, I'm not going to surf. I got to just get in. I'm like, dude, it's going to be pumping. Like, yeah. we're blowing it. We're out. I think we're out there. I think that's No, like, I called you. Told us it was good? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I drove up early knowing that I wanted to check it out, right? Pulled off the road, walked out to the point, and it was firing. Like, <laughs> firing. Sheet glass. Maybe six to eight foot face, occasional ten foot face, and then he told me he was coming down with his kid, and I was like, "Yeah, you guys are going to be stoked! Like yeah. it's firing." Yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah, I'll, I'll Carpinteria though, I'll play is hooky. firing, and nobody Everywhere. out. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good waves everywhere. We so just, yeah, we rented, well. we rented a house in Santa Barbara the last um, the last two winters. We've been going down to uh, Puerto Rico, but uh, prior to that, we yeah. were renting. The Mexican. We were we would rent Latin American uh, Hawaii. We would rent a couple of we rent homes in Santa Barbara for a couple of months in the winter, and I would kind of commute back and forth. But Jen and Holland would stay up there. My daughter and your husband are up there, and um, got a lot of great great. Um, so beautiful and sessions at Rincon and then yeah. Sandspit, right? So you know we've heard about this spot, yeah. you know, seen some different pictures, and you know I'm back in Newport, you know, on one of my layovers when I had to go back and work, and I'm Holland's like he's just all about going to Sandspit, going to Sandspit, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sitting at the at the kitchen table in the middle of the winter a couple winters ago watching Hall because the cam right there is right on it I'm oh. watching I'm having dinner and, I'm, and my in, wife my in, wife's on the cell phone in Rhode Island? I'm in Rhode Island my wife's on the cell phone she's like Holland's out at Sandspit right now I'm like I know he is because I'm watching him on the cam you on my iPad style, yeah. I'm watching him surf it's That's so, so I was like you know part of me is it's so cool but part of me I'm like oh I can't believe I'm missing this right yeah, now yeah it's a novelty for sure it's, it's a super it, fun way but it when it's on, it's yeah. it's groomed perfect. Yeah, it's fun. Talk about man jockeying for waves. Oh, yeah. Holy moly! Oh, it's so bad. I thought lowers was bad the no. last couple of days. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you got to surf some good lowers. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday morning was um, pretty fun down there. Um, Holland, I I elected. I, I I looked at the crowd and I was like, I'm going to surf. You know, like middles, and I'm not paddling down there. Yeah. So Holland went out at middles, and he was like, I'm going to lowers. I don't care if there's 50 guys out there. Yeah, yeah. And so he was out there with, I guess he said Mick Fanning was just tearing it up, you know? And I was just every, like... Every pro is out there when they're home. Um, Gabriel. So I finally, I finally paddled down there. Just, I'm like, you know, it was his birthday yesterday. I'm like, you know, I'm surfing by myself. He's surfing by with 50 other guys, but without yeah. me. So I'm like, screw it, man. I'll just paddle down there doesn't mean I have to take off. Yeah. I'll just, I just want to be out there and yeah. check it out. 
And I've, I've never, uh, it, was, it was wild. That's killer. Uh, there had to have been 25, 30 kids under the age of like 12. And yeah. they were all just tearing the place apart. Yeah. You know? I mean, you've seen a lot of different progression and like board design, wetsuit technology, oh, yeah. and like even like surfing like girls right how many girls did you see out in the water yesterday oh ton it's crazy right yeah yeah no what you know it's it's been uh it's been super fun uh progression uh watching you know i remember when i when i when i came back from california i came i came back with a big uh 12 foot lifeguard board right um that i got up in long beach they were upgrading their quiver i guess lifeguard up there so a friend of mine Steve Bailey who used to do ding repair over here in Westminster <laughs> yeah Steve. I know Steve Bailey so Steve calls me and he's like he's like they're going to throw these boards away he goes I got a really clean one he wow. goes probably for 50 or 75 bucks I can totally restore this thing for you so I was a member of the San Onofre Surf Club so I had the big San Onofre Surf Club decal and I was like Steve you got you to gotta laminate this onto the deck for me and so he, he did. When I moved back to New England, I took that board back. And I remember, you know, the whole stand-up thing was just kind of coming of vogue. And I remember taking that 12-foot lifeguard board out and surfing it. Had a, a glassed-in wooden fin on the thing. And um, Did it have a, a scooped deck at all? Or is it just kind of like a traditional? No, it, was, it had a pretty decent shape, real pretty decent shape to it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a, you know, like a paddle like board. A racing, I have yeah. racing paddle boards and Not racing SUPs. It's more of a traditional longboard, but just tradi- But it's 12 feet, Huge. right? Yeah. So big. A tanker with a big mahogany glassed-on fin, right? Yeah. But super super fun you got it for like 75 bucks and then yeah well, another Steve, 75 in ding yeah. repair no the board was free it was just the ding oh, repair oh, they were wow. gonna, they were going to throw the thing away awesome so i had it totally redone yeah. all the dings fixed kind of re-glassed and everything and it was just a sweet sweet board crazy it's i took that back to new man. england and yeah. uh you know used to take holland out on it as a as an infant just paddling around and Kind of trying to get them, get them uh, schooled on the uh, finer points of Gosh. wave riding. That's yeah. the that's the beginning, you know. Get the speed, you know. You're just belling, being out in the ocean. It's hard. It's intimidating for a little guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, super fun. Yeah. Well, shoot, right. This has been freaking amazing. Yeah. The 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 chart house web of of life that you've uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> It's, kind of it's, entwined. It's pretty cool how that changes the trajectory of your of your journey in life, right? Like you 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 found surfing through endless summer. Yeah, I mean, you know, watching guys from my dad's boat, um, you know, and just saying, I got to do this. Yeah, I just have to do this. But I think a lot of it too, Lyndon, is just uh, you know. I always say to Holland that there's guys who surf, and then there's surfers. <laughs> and I like to ca- I like to think I'm a surfer. Yeah, I've always lived, you know, at once I was old enough on the at the beach. Yeah, or you know, close to it, really close. Yeah. the first home I bought in California was right up the hill from Salt Creek. 
because I used to surf Salt Creek all the time. Again, back in Dana Point, chart house days. And, you know, before I bought that house, I lived at Boat Canyon, you know, had an apartment right on the cove in Laguna. Um, and, yeah, for me, it's always been about, you know, being, I had that horse ranch, and I sold that thing so damn quick because I was about 45 minutes away from the beach. Mm. And I was surfing, and I had boats, and I was constantly down, you know, at the beach on the ocean. And then I'd have to go home at night to take care of the, you know, the animals. Yeah. And, but it was always, it's always been about, you know, being, you know, in the ocean, on the ocean, around the ocean, right? Yes. So I, you know, I say that to people all the time. You know, I know a lot of guys who surf, but then I know a lot of guys who are surfers. Yeah, yeah. And they constantly, I, you can ask them anytime, any day, what's the swell doing? High tide, low tide, what's wind doing? Yeah. How yeah. warm's water? They know, yeah. you know, and uh, I I like to think, you know, of myself as as one of those guys in yeah. that group, you know, never miss a swell as much as as possible. Yeah. Work, work notwithstanding, right? But uh, you the know, balance the set, life, huh? set it up so not work too much, but it. you know, be able. But to love to have you guys come back to New England. Uh, yeah. The door is open. We have a. Oh yeah! Um, Be careful what, what you ask for. Yeah, you know? well, you know, and I, I, I extended that invitation back in the day. And this now, is recorded, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on. Uh, I've had Tom, right Tom survey at the That's house right. many times. Tom's become a really close friend yeah. from that initial trip back in the day, and yeah. Sam and his Sam's come and stayed with us, you know, and, and expanded his network of friendships with a lot of my friends and. Cool. You know, guys are you know we open door. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, it's low key, but um, we get after it. Yeah, no, it's 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 just cool because it's you know obviously it's it's well known. You know, like New England surf, East Coast. You know, but it's nice to get an inside perspective of like growing up there and the you know well, we got the main break, yeah. which would be like the main break. You know, like guys sure. surf like the pier Huntington as yeah. example. Yeah. Right, that's a main. Surfers in second beach main break, yeah. Fifty guys out, you know, kind of a closeout. Everyone's going left, going right, dinging board. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, you know. But then there's the reefs and jumping on the boat. And every, um, every, all the spots a little fickle, like meaning like tides and, and winds and stuff. Understand yeah. what the tides so, doing. We've had the the sessions on the boat this year where yeah. it's been. Uh, if we go out there, we got to bring blazers and ties, though. Remember that. Damn right, I'm going yeah. to the freaking clam. What is it? The, the clam bait club. Clam bait we, club. We, we took those guys to the clam bait club, and we took. Uh, I remember we took Corey and Sam to the reading room, which is the oldest men's club, not gentlemen's club, men's men only club in the United States of America and women are not allowed in. I, I, I think they're allowed in one day a year or something <laughs> like that. So you go in there and it's you know, you play pool, you know, maybe a little ping pong, bocce ball. And you have cocktails. Yeah. Cigar you know? room. Huh? Cigar room. Like, yeah, you know, cigar room. Yeah. They have the president's dinner every four years when a new president's elected they have a major yeah. dinner and it's you know I love it. The old school the just, history uh, on these goes so it's, cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's yeah. actually pretty cool. So um yeah. We've I feel I, I feel very fortunate that we have it so dialed in. Yeah. And and you're bouncing, you know, with family on both both coasts quite a bit yeah, back and forth. Yeah, you know, we'll I'll be back. 
California, I'm sure, this fall, um, oh. you know, see my grandchildren. And yeah. uh, my brother is getting re- remarried, and he just told me last night in January 8th, so I'll be back for that. Cool. And um, like I said, you know, torn between love California, just yeah. love it. But also, I'm really stoked when I get off the plane and I'm home. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. Pop the boat back in this week when I get home, and I'll be good to go. No surf. If there's no surf, we fish. Yeah, so good. Being on the water and just being outdoors, like we just did four days down in, you know, Rosarito, and it was just like, it can't be just being on the beach and oceanfront. You know, like you just mentioned, we had a little rental, like right right on the cliff. And it's like, oh, they got a ceviche and taco cart over here, and we just make food. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need much more than this. And the ways we're. Did you go to Splash? <laughs> no. You didn't go to Splash? No. Yeah. Why would I go to Splash? Splash, the restaurant? No. Yeah. It's a great restaurant. No. But hey. Yeah. Joe, Papa Joe Pyrrhic. Hey. Thanks for sharing your surf story with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm stoked that I met you two and a half years ago at freaking Neon Wave. In Rochester, New in York. Rochester. Of all places, of all. right? I mean, <laughs> you can't get much farther away from the ocean yeah. than that, right? Yeah. I mean, but talk about a good vibe. Great right? vibe. Like, yeah. I mean, from... Shout from, out to Neon Wave. Shout out to Neon Wave. But, you know, I knew that someday we had to get you on the podcast. Thank and, you so much. You yeah, know. It, the journey continues. You yeah. know, I just hope I can keep surfing into, you know, 70s and 80s. And yeah, just keep good. it going, right? Because you know, you're the most fit moving. freaking person in this room. Keep well, moving. Keep moving. You know, you got to work at it. Yeah. I try. I try. I love it. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Thank All right. You. Peace. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out WaveKey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Wax! The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. West Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit CalienteSouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.